And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Welcome to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> As I said, welcome to this episode. Hang on a minute. Huma, can I have some water? Huma, can I have some water? I think I'm yakking up a furball. No, that's what she was doing. Yak, yakking up a furball. Yakking up a furball. We need the yak. Depends on who you ask. <laughs> you can set your clock to four minutes, okay? So, so just come back four minutes from now. <laughs> Hang on. Everything's good. We we need one of those, you know, monkeys with the symbols in the back behind me. You know, those monkeys sitting back there going. <laughs> well, now you see, that's my imitation of Hillary Diane Rodham, the witch, the yak, Clinton. <laughs> imagine the State of the Union. Can you imagine the State of the Union or, or the inauguration? I just saw this. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that, right? That's enough of what? Because from what I understand, unless people pay close attention to the alternative media, nobody really knows what happened. Right. So, well, you know, those people who listen to the media, the corporate Illuminati-controlled mass media, Okay, so you're going to have to have, we have to translate that for you. And to those people who live, you know, in and around Hattiesburg, we're going to have to translate this for you, kind of dumb it down for you. Yeah, from what okay. I understand, MSNBC, Fox, all cut the live feeds. Yes. Yeah, well, we can't do this. We we have to. we we got to cut the feed. Cut the feed because, you know, it wouldn't be wouldn't be prudent. <laughs> mixing, <laughs> mixing, uh, uh, presidents there, or, you know, presidential, uh, uh, potentials as well as former presidents, right? Yeah, anyway, folks, we, uh, welcome to the Hagman Hagman Report. We broadcast live each and every weeknight on the Global Star Radio Network, uh, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here. Don't change your dial. We follow Russ Dizdar, and of course, following us is, um, uh, Ted Brower, and Ted's going to be on Friday. Uh, Pastor or uh, uh, Paul McGuire is going to be on Thursday. Today, of course, is Tuesday. You think it's Monday, but it's not. I know what you mean. You wake up and think, another Monday. It's the second Monday in a row, right? No, it's not. <laughs> uh, issues are going to be covering tonight. The Clinton cough, the yak attack, censorship of the Internet, Obama-style, DHS election takeover, the TPP, Obama's final push for global takeover and tyranny. Hey, what about impeaching the IRS commissioner and, of course, the Philippine Presidente saying, oh, you SOB, you you, you be an SOB. I don't know how to do a 
I, I, I don't do impressions, but you get the picture, right? Whatever you did, Eric, just made it look darker in here. Dim the lights. Dim the lights. Yes. Let's have some candle and wine. What do we got? Six, six of those lights hanging up. He, he messes with one and it changes the whole lighting of the room. Yeah, he's, he's got this wired, you know. It looks like, uh, yeah, see, folks, for, uh, last week we had uh, Jack Cashel and Anthony Pervitera in studio. If you haven't caught that, definitely catch the uh, catch that on, on the archive. It was, great, it was a great it was a great show. It was about TWA eight hundred and other things, but but it, it it really extends right into what's going on today, the uh, power takeover that is, and um, the the same people who who really were the power brokers back and covering up the 800 disaster well the 800 incident the killing of 230 people are the same people who are vying for power today and in power in some respects today so you want to keep a close eye on that and history you know past its prologue right so we have to really understand what is taking place portions of this broadcast brought to you by american survival wholesale.com that's american survival wholesale.com folks get prepared it's going to be a bumpy ride now that uh, the holidays the summer is virtually over you're going to want to visit american survival wholesale.com and stock up on long-term storable freeze-dried food they have the best in my view anyway the best uh, uh long-term storable food there is that's uh, AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. My favorite is the Thrive brand, and, of course, that's uh, in the number 10 cans, and the pantry cans. Uh, again, AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. But we, we have uh, – I do want to direct you, folks, what we're doing in, in tonight, go to HagmanReport.com. There you'll find the the material, the show prep, the show topics with the links directly to what we're talking about on, on HagmanReport.com. So if you go to HagmanReport.com, it's right there, right, right there for tonight. So some of them. <laughs> well, right. Will be right. The... It's the core, it's the spine, it's the architect, the bones of tonight's program. So HagmanReport.com, right there, click on the nightly briefing for tonight. Click on that link. It opens up and, and gives you the links, gives you the topics, gives you the, for some of them for tonight. But but nonetheless, so rolling out the first the, the, the first two hours are going to be dedicated to news analysis of what's taking place. Hour number three, Stan Dale, of course, every Tuesday on uh, the Hagman Report. Stan Dale, standale.com. Can't wait for that. Um. So how was your how was your Labor Day? Did you, did you have a good Labor Day, everyone? Did you, did you barbecue? Did you go to the beach? Did you kick back? Did you labor all day? I know, I know, I did. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, it was, it was something. Uh, in, in the opening segment here, I just want to mention this, and and this with all sobriety and seriousness, that um, you know, th- there are some heavy news topics here that we're looking at. When you have a federal agency, DHS, taking over or slated to take over the elections. We're going to be talking about this. You're living in uncharted times, or in unprecedented times, and certainly going through uncharted waters. Do you agree? When you've got a communist running, basically a communist, that that may or may not have health problems, but certainly not telling. But obviously there's a problem somewhere. Uncharted waters unprecedented times so preparation yes prayer absolutely a must 
but one of the uh the, one of the things that I'm going to just going to reach out to every each and every one of you um and, and just say this uh, this weekend I had a chance to talk with my wife and I had a chance to talk with some people who listen to the show who are uh, part of the show who know what's going on and we're going to have to kick it up here instead of working uh, 60 to 80 hours a week we're going to have to work 100, 110 hours a week that's the way it is because the consensus is we don't know when they're going to pull the plug if they're going to pull the plug how they're going to censor us see censorship is not just pulling the plug censorship is taking the carpet that you're standing on and pulling it out from underneath you, whether it's revenue, whether it's um, ad revenue, whether it's support, whether it's some other asymmetrical attack against all of us, against us as broadcasters. As broadcasters in what has been termed the alt-right. Now, we have a little different slant to it, of course. We look at everything, everything through the lens of biblical prophecy and scripture, but, but, but that said, it's still hard news. It's just a different vantage point. So, uh, I guess. needed vantage point. Well, of course, of course. And, and I guess my statement to you is the discussions that I've had this past weekend with, with various individuals, we're not going to be limited to working 60 hours. 80 hours every week. We're going we're to crank it up to 100 hours. We're, we're going to be working uh, 24-7. Uh, we're going to be pouring it on and, and plowing through this because when you look at the news and the severity of the topics, when you look at the when you, when you look at the um, the globalists who are just rabid at the moment, R-A-B-I-D rabid folks we are engaged in the fight. And, and, you know, everyone has been saying, well, when is this fight going to start? When is this going to start? It's already, you're in the middle, or you're in you're in the throes of the fight. And so a lot of times people don't really understand that. The pressure is on all of us. I was talking with Dave Hodges. I was on his show Sunday night for an hour. Just plowed through an hour, and it was like 10 minutes, and it was... We didn't have enough time to even scratch the surface of what's taking place. But if you look at the, if you look at all of the headlines, you know how serious it is. You're not going to convince the people. If they're not convinced by now, uh, if people are still stuck on stupid, and, and I'm sorry if that's offensive. If that's offensive, you know what? There's nothing I can do about it. When I say stuck on stupid, I'm talking about that they just don't get it. That they're looking through everything through looking at everything through um, rose-colored glasses. The only thing I've got to say to you is uh, dust off the dust off your, you know, your pant legs and shoes. Move on. It's hard to do. It's difficult to do. But we have to move on. We have to be ready and prepared for engaging in the fight that's coming. That, that we're, Well, that's here. I I told you last, I don't know, it was early on that I didn't believe that we would have the elections that we're going to look different in November than they are looking previous and today. I said a lot of things that were wrong, but I think this is right. I still think that there's a, 
it's a possibility that, that the tickets might not look the same in November. If we have elections, and you might ask, well, or you might say, well, that's really nothing to say. Again, you know, oh, more conspiracy nonsense, hooey, and all this. Well, when you have DHS saying we're going to oversee the elections, isn't that, uh, doesn't that make you think? Doesn't that make you say, wait a minute, things aren't, things aren't right? When you've got the blame being tossed at Russia. You know, I asked Ted Brower today, and I didn't get a chance to really respond back to him. I don't agree with Ted, and I'm going to talk to him about this uh, when he said about Russia being behind the hacks. Of course, you know, he said Russia, yes, because they don't want Hillary in to cause World War III. But here, here's my stance on this very quickly. Uh, on the on, on Russia the, hacking the DNC in order. Yeah, to, we uh, get you know, if we're going to talk about DHS and what they're doing, we got to start with what they are reporting to be why they're. The, the reasons for why they say they're doing it. Okay, well, I yeah, we I guess we can, we can start there, folks. Um, but I, I have a I, I have a kind of summarized here why I don't believe Russia is behind it. It, it looks like the, the hackings, all, all the hacks that took place, and I'm not talking about the the yak hack, which now that's different. The yak hack is the lozage, <coughs> Oma. No, these are the cyber hacks to the Democratic National. Uh, convention, the Democratic, uh, I'm sorry, the Democratic National Committee and the Democratic, the DCCC, whatever that is, I forget the uh, name for the acronym. Also, you know, George Soros Open Society, as well as other, what you would call left-wing institutions, were hacked, and the information was um, turned over, you know, by WikiLeaks and other yes. organizations, and now it is being blamed that. On Russia, they're saying there was a Russian intrusion into aspects of our electoral system. And you got to look at this whole thing, Joe. This whole thing combined, because you got to look at Assange. Go back to Assange. Go back to Snowden. Go back. Go back to the very start. Just, I just, I wanted to say that. Go on. No. So what you have is um, there was a hack, and there was information released that was all real information. There was no, you know, made up stuff put out there, all this from even Hillary Clinton's emails aside, you have the two democratic organizations for the elections were hacked and Open Society, George Soros and much more, and the dump was by WikiLeaks so much so that Debbie Wasserman Schultz stepped down as the head of the DNC uh, and she was just re-elected to her seat, but she did step down due to the information that came out in the hacks, and they are even calling the election and the electoral databases and the integrity of the election into question and saying that this is due to Russian hacking activity. So from this point on, they say, what is, how are they going to prevent any more of these cyber attacks from happening, especially cyber attacks on the electoral system, which our own president, in response to a Donald Trump speech, said the rigging of an election was ridiculous and nonsense, that it couldn't happen. That's well, right. now they say, not only can it not can it happen, it did happen in a way, and they're not sure how far it goes. So what they're doing is, um, <laughs> and I like the way that there's an article here from LawFairBlog.com, and it goes on to say what is uh, a rush to amplify the 
problem with these conspiracy theories of their own. One possible response to the Russian intrusion is Secretary of DHS Jay Johnson has suggested that the department will consider identifying the electoral system as part of the nation's critical infrastructure. It's, it, it, this is dangerous territory because... And they say, in an oversight capacity to that suggestion, some have characterized this as a rush by President Obama to take over the security of elections with a sinister cry of alarm suggesting a nefarious motive to federalize a state responsibility, mainly that of elections. Right. Now, now, folks, bear in mind, you can, you can, look, Article 1, Section 4 of the United States Constitution says that the times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators, representatives, and so on, it shall be prescribed in each state by the legislator, legislature thereof, but the Congress may at times, by law, or may at any time by law make or alter such regulations, except as to the place, places of choosing senators. In other words, they can't redefine districts, but, but, so the Congress can, can make changes. The executive branch can't. So this is extra constitutional or unconstitutional, depending on what you, uh, this is one of those nagging constitutional limitations by, by the executive, or you know, that, 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 that ties the hands of the executive branch. But it looks like, uh, looks like Obama is going to charge Johnson and DHS to oversee the elections. And you might think this is old news. We heard about this last week and why are you talking about it now? Because it, because it, people are not getting it, the severity of what's taking place. Joe. And it's just a, a word differentiation as to, What's really going on here? Some say it is a DHS is going to oversee the election versus be a part of it and take it over, which the overseeing part doesn't sound so bad, but what, what's actually happening is very bad. And if we go back to what is deemed critical infrastructure, which gives DHS the assumed authority that they can take over, um, crit- critical infrastructure is food and agriculture, agriculture our transportation systems, um, the internet, which uh, contains our, our power, uh, power grid, uh, the economy is part of critical infrastructure. There are 16 separate critical infrastructure sectors in this country, and there are different agencies that fall into each sector. And under Presidential Policy uh, Directive 21, this, this is what defines critical infrastructure and what the federal government will do to provide support through the uh, public-private interactions uh, under critical infrastructure. They say that the Department of Homeland Security evaluates national capabilities, opportunities, and challenging to protecting critical infrastructure. It analyzes threats to, vulnerabilities of, and potential consequences from all hazards on critical infrastructure. And it goes on from there. You can look up the definition, the, the federal definition, if you want the whole. Um, well, okay, but but let's back but up. Cybersecurity. Go on. Is part of this, um, and you cannot have federal agencies uh, involved in the way that they're going to be in state systems of election. And this is what's important. This is what's talked about in the Constitution. That's right. Article There's no room for for. Um, Sharing or farming out the responsibilities of the state when it comes to elections, including the gathering and counting of votes. That shall not be interfered with according to the Constitution. But here you have a federal 
governmental body, the DHS, which was created after the terrorist attack under the Patriot Act, now taking over part of the election. And, and they got they themselves got hacked as well. And we're going to be talking about that more. But I'm, I'm going to go back even further to um, the R- Russian hacking of the DNC, the allegations thereof, and, and the Russian hacking. There, there's allegations of Russia's involvement in this, but the evidence is certainly less than overwhelming. Well, sir, it is underwhelming. I'll just put it that way. This looks or would appear more like a coordinated attempt by the Democrats, by the progressives, by the DNC, the Democratic Social, National Socialists, the progressives of the DNC, to use these accusations to link Putin to Trump and Trump to Putin. Now, for real links to Putin, I think, let me, let me tell you something. If you want, if you want links to Putin, who, who links to Putin? Well, how many people have heard of Suburbank? Russia's biggest financial institution. What was that? Suburbank. S-B-E-R Bank. S-B-E-R Bank. Suburbank. I don't know. I guess that's how you pronounce it. It's Russian. But what what is not being talked about by the media, or even much of the alternative media, especially the big talkers, is the fact that many re- revelations is that Russia's biggest bank uses the Podesta Group. Does that name ring a bell? Podesta, the Podesta Group, as its lobbyist in D.C. You see, it's it's a firm that's well known inside the Beltway, folks. Um, the CEO Tony Podesta, one of the best connected Democratic operatives inside the Beltway. Well, he's he's part of the. Uh, um, well, he, 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 yeah, let me back up here. He, he, uh, John Podesta and Tony, they co-founded the Podesta Group back in 1998. Now, John Podesta, again, brother of Tony, the CEO of the Podesta Group, John was formerly chief of staff to Bill Clinton and advisor to Obama. All right. So, Podesta is really the, the Podesta family, the Democratic insiders, outsiders, uh, engage the Podestas and, and their well, uh, well coordinated and connected lobbying firm to improve their image in order to get access to the Democratic Socialists, whether they're in the House, the Senate, or even the Executive Branch. Now that brings in Suburbank, SBER Bank, which is Russia's biggest financial institution. What happened this past spring? Well, as reported, uh, last, I think the first quarter, end of the first quarter, the Podesta Group registered with the United States government as a lobbyist for that particular bank, as required by law, naming three Podesta Group staffers. you got Tony plus Stephen Rademacher and David Adams, the last two uh, former assistant secretaries of state. Now, Tony Podesta is a big money bundler for the Hillary Clinton uh, presidential campaign, while his brother John is chairman of that campaign and the chief architect of her plans to take the White House this coming election. Now, these accusations ruse, perhaps, by the Obama administration to federalize our election process and procedures. I believe that to be the case. First, they put out this this false narrative, this false flag that Russian hacked voting sites. Then they come up with a solution, which means that the feds are going to step in and take over the process. And then Obama, well, 
he gets to do whatever he would like once he discloses to the unwitting masses the uh the, you know the the, the people that the that, that oh before we lunch. move on i want to uh, just read you this last paragraph of this article and this is i guess i don't know if this is a kind of a devil's advocate but what they say is that there is not enough time they say the way the system of designation works none of this none will happen before the next election not the designation as critical infrastructure nor the formation of the DHS training, assessment, review, or oversight of the election or electoral process or it, electoral it doesn't matter, system. It does, see, it doesn't matter. They, they are putting doubt in every American's mind, or they're they putting doubt in the minds of Americans that this election is going to get is going to suffer some sort of uh, whatever. This, to me, is, is really the false flag. A false flag. I mean, the, by very definition. Let's set it up where we're going to cause doubt that this was a fair election. Remember the election of 2000. Remember what mm-hmm. a cluster that was. I was in, a senior in high school at the time. Yeah, well. And, uh, what was it? Civics class or political ethics or some kind of weird class they had that you had to take. Um, I remember that class and I remember the teacher actually saying, you know, this is the first time in my lifetime I remember, a, a you know, a debacle on a presidential election like There'll this. There'll be a lot of firsts and I think starting now. Uh, you know that was the first sure with the hanging chads now it's going to be well it's uh hanging chad and brad and john from the nearest oak tree like you know <laughs> because look this we're being set up if you don't if you can't see it folks i'm sorry we are being set up for the fall folks you're listening to the hagman and Hagman report uh done with our first segment more on the other side i during the break i want to talk to you i want to just look something up and Pastor Paul, uh, Pastor Paul Begley was talking about this on Sunday, I think it was, during a show. Tailored Access Operations, TAO. Look that up. Understand what that is. That's Tailored Access Operations, TAO. It's not in my show notes. It's not on, in, in the, on the website. TAO, Tailored Access Operations. You want to know how they, when I say they, talking about the, uh, the globalists are, the globalists within our government, the criminal cabal is coming after us. It's via Tailored Access Operations, TAO. Look it up. We're going to be talking more about that as the programs unfold. You're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Next segment, more on the yak, the coughing attack, but don't nothing to see here, censorship of the Internet, and, of course, more about the elections coming up after this. Hagman and Hagman show notes tonight for tonight. HagmanReport.com. Go there. Go there. The show notes for tonight. HagmanReport.com. Folks, if you haven't bookmarked HagmanReport.com, do it, please. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do it. Just go to Hagman and Hagman.com. That's Hagman with two N's, right? H-U-G-M-A-N-N and Hagman Report. Or, I'm sorry, Hagman and Hagman.com. And, and there you can pick your venue, but subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm not above begging. Tonight we're talking about a number of issues, inclu- 
<laughs> this is for the latecomers. The you people that were here from the beginning, just bear with me. <laughs> now we're gonna stretch this out for four minutes. Let's have a yak attack. We're gonna have to stretch this the out yak the hack segment. The yak hack. Well, right, because of course the yak is hacking up a fur ball. I think could be maybe Depending a little, little bit of huma. Want. I don't know. <laughs> is I allowed to say that? No. A little bit of huma. Well, since she has, since she has fled from Carlos Danger, that despicable human being, right? How can you lay there with a, in case you didn't hear about, uh, Anthony Weiner? Every time I talk about him, I just want to puke, but seriously, how can you actually lay next to a, uh, your son? And I'm not going to get graphic about it, but, and, and take pictures of, you know, you know, right? Seriously, what's wrong with that guy? What is wrong with that guy? I, I mean, I, in my view, anyway, there's a lot. I, I don't know. I'm, I've, it's been pointed out to me that I'm no, psych, you know, psychologist, psychologist, medical doctor, so I can't make any diagnosis. But oh, diagnosis, sure but, but like, I, I, I do it every day. Yeah. Well, yeah. in my view, <laughs> that man is a sick puppy. About as sick uh, mentally as Hillary the Yak uh, Clinton, uh, you know, who's coughing up a hairball, uh, or something to that effect is physically ill. But we we won't know. But see, it's okay because, as you pointed out, Joe, what uh, all, all the media, they t- even though you got the Washington Post, enough. Can we just stop talking about Hillary Clinton? Can we just yeah, health now? And they, <laughs> well, you know what? Produce the record in case you missed it. They say. There's an episode of a coughing that struck Clinton at a rally in Ohio on Labor Day. Then they show all the Four Drudge headlines, more. and they Four see, now more. this is not new. Led by Drudge, there have been questions circulating in the conservative media that something is wrong with Clinton. Much of that speculation yeah. ties back from an episode in 2012, they say. Allergies, I tell you. And they go on to say that the whole thing's a, a ridiculous conspiracy theory, and if Republicans continue to focus on this issue, it's a surefire loser in the fall. Then they show a doctor note for Clinton from 2012 saying she's she's a, she's, a, a, she's okay. Yeah, right, right, right. And any uh, it right. says beyond the Clinton conspiracy theorists who believe she had something to do with Vince Foster's death and that she was secretly responsible from everything from Y2K to the SpaceX explosion last See, week. They, they throw that in there. I know. It's it's BS. This is this is the methods used by these idiots. Well, not idiots. These are the methods used by the globalists, these these Alinskyites. Right? First press conference in 276 days. She gives after a 4-minute coughing fit at a rally. And and don't forget Kane going back there going ar, 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 like a barking seal or one of those monkeys with the you know the fez caps and the symbols. Ar, 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 ar. You know, come on, I so, feel stupid doing that myself. I mean, obviously. Anyway, so the Washington Post saying and, and other media outlets cutting off her coughing fits from the rally to the press conference, the first press conference in 276 days after the uh, rally in Ohio where she was on a plane. And she goes into a coughing fit on the plane while she's talking about conspiracy theories about her health, as well as the Russians and Trump and whatnot. That's the damn Ruskies. And and you have Fox News, MSNBC, cutting the live feed, 
Not, of a, not alluding to her health problems. You have the Washington Nothing Post here saying that. that, you know, can we stop talking about Clinton's health? It's a non-issue. And there's an interesting story in all the, the headlines on Drudge. Um, a timeline sure. of coughing fits just this year. You have one in January 25th at a Jewish federation <laughs> in, in Des Moines, Iowa. February 16th in New York. <laughs> April 4th on a radio interview. May 5th in California. <laughs> June 4th. April 31st. Stop. Stop. <laughs> and Labor Day. So that's what? Uh, we got know. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different times this year. But it's just a conspiracy. You, you know, there is something called uh, dysphagia that, uh, that the collateral effect of brain injuries uh, is coughing and, and speech it affects your speech but but then again it's been pointed out that i'm i'm no medical doctor and i and so interestingly enough one of the things that the news even tried to do this time around is um she was in ohio over the weekend over the labor day weekend and she blamed it on allergies one an allergy to trump and two allergies in the weather damn right we, the damn. news agencies went on to report that there was a high level of pollen in cleveland when actually it was low to moderate well not not in her world uh, but, but i mean why why all you know the, you know the cover up and folks if you've you know i'm going to speak to the parents out there if you're over i don't know it it doesn't matter your age have you raised teenagers all right, if you're a mom or a dad listening to this, have you raised teenagers? Here's why I ask. Because you know, I mean, if you've raised teenagers, you should get a badge of some kind in behavioral analysis. If you're a good, if you're a good responsible parent. Because you can sit across from your teenager, and I'm sure you've done this. I've done this with Joe. I mean, you know. Where you say, okay, look, I know what you did. I, I know you, you, mm-hmm. you did this or did that. No, I didn't. G- come on. You know, tell me the truth. I got you. I got gotcha. you. I, I didn't do nothing. You you could show your teenager a videotape or, or a, a whatever they call now, MP4s or, you know, video. Of them doing something. Oh, that's not what it looks like. I, I didn't do that. You're being gamed by teenagers. Remember those days if you if they're out of the house? They're a lot smarter. They think you're so stupid as a parent. And, and I've I've done interviews that, that in prisons. The same thing. The mentality of these of these people in prison. Some of them anyway. Oh look, it shouldn't say. Uh, you know, what do you win for? Nothing. I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But when you see, they think you're stupid. They're laughing at every single one of you. And so, so when you watch the news, you watch, um, well, you know, personally, every, every, every week, every Sunday morning, I take my, my father-in-law coffee and, and, uh, He's got, he's suffering from senile dementia. Alzheimer's really bad. And over the past, uh, five years I've been doing this and he's getting worse and, and, uh, we, 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 we have the news on. We have Fox News or some news on, but generally speaking, it's Fox News. We watch Chris Wallace together 
and he he can relate to. I mean, he's there in in that he's in that zone when we do that. And the reason I bring this up is because even Fox News, the some of the people they think are stupid. They they're gaming all all of the media outlets show are gaming gaming mm-hmm. us. Okay, now you were a lot closer to your former teenagers, previous teenagers than me. Okay, you've attempted. You know, when you were a teenager trying to get away with something. Oh, you know, no, it's not true. I mean, whatever. You, you could tell mm-hmm. a story, and you think, oh, you think you're so, you think you, you think you're all that. You think you're so smart. That's the way the mentality of these people are. And, and until we understand that we're all being gamed, we're not going to get ahead. And, and see, that's the mind-numbing, wall-punching, you know, spittle-producing, brain-bleeding. Twitching, causing part the environment yeah. in which we live. Catch me if you can, type attitude. Honest to goodness, you know. Are, are you, I just want to say, do you think we're that stupid? Really? And and the media to hide Clinton um, the, to, from Benghazi. Well, well, going back to the water, water days in water, you know, with the Watergate committee, going back to nineteen seventy two. When, when she was involved in 73, 74, when she was involved in the, in the committee for Nixon, she was lying then. And then, of course, before that, when she got out of law school, uh, defending a rapist, a child rapist, and, and laughing about that. And she's been laughing ever since. Cattle Futures, laughing at all of us. And people think, people think that, uh, I, I really believe that, that, that the, the people who are following her, giving excuses to her, or for her, Mm-hmm. I think I think in my view they're they're mentally ill. They're they're either that or they're part of the they've they're suffering from Stockholm mm-hmm. syndrome. And you have people that are losing their jobs from that Dr. Drew Pensky to um, a Huffington Post writer who wrote about Hillary Clinton's articles, uh, David yep. uh, Seaman, I think his name is. To uh, there was another NBC article that got uh, the Clinton campaign said they dared to cover her health issues and um, other people Me took it as a task on Twitter. No, NBC actually, may, you know, is there something wrong with Clinton based on what happened over the Labor Day weekend? Well, it, it, the, the bigger picture when we step back and look <clears> at it is, it doesn't matter if it's Clinton's cough, the yak's cough, the yak hack, but it doesn't matter. It, it, or if it's Benghazi, or if it's the emails, or if it's Mm-hmm. Muslim Brotherhood infiltration, communist infiltration, or if it's a fair election, or whatever it is, where aren't we are not going to get it from the media? And, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you this too. Okay, there, there are there are a few on the alternative within the alternative media who are working against getting the truth out, and that's all I'm going to say. And, and the, you know. The enemy of the devil, the only enemy, the real enemy of the devil is the truth. That was Pastor Langford said that on Jim Baker show. The devil hates the truth and, and, and the, the enemy of the truth is, or the enemy of the devil is the truth. And there, there's a lot of demonic aspects to certain things taking place in the alternative media. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna name names. I'm not gonna say anything more about this, but, but you just better be doggone careful if who you listen to, who you watch, who you understand, or who you believe. It, it's it, because the very people that you know you, you might 
it, it's just it really is getting bad out there and i just want to mention this as well you know we we do our best in bringing the truth again through the prism of, of biblical prophecy and scripture well grounded in that regard so um visit hagmanreport.com for tonight's show notes visit hagman and hagman.com for the show subscribe to our youtube channel and um we're going to be doing more with social media. As demonic as that is, we're going to be doing, doing more with that, interfacing more. Because why not turn the tables on these, on these globalists and these Satanists who are working against us? Why not use their wares against them? And, um, as I said earlier, in case you missed it, in case you're joining late, folks, we're going to be, uh, instead of working 60, 80 hours a week, we're going to be working 100, 110 hours a week, pushing it to the, to the max as we get into, uh, the, the further down the road we go, because and we're, we're preparing to to make uh, to take uh, measures in the event that we are knocked off, censored, or otherwise messed with, to make sure that the information that we provide goes forward, lives on, and uh, is not dependent on any one specific platform. All right. Um, the uh, so. so I had mentioned, and, and I'm going to kick it back to you, but I had mentioned really quickly the tailored access operations. Pastor Paul Begley, if you didn't catch a show Sunday night, I would urge you to do that. Talks about tailored access operations, TAO, and the various aspects of TAO, what that is, and how they are using, how the NSA and, and TAO is part of the NSA. All right. Tailored access operations part of, part of the NSA. And I have down here their motto, and I, and I, mentioned this um, on Dave Hodges as well their motto of um, of the TAO is hang on, hang on a second, I'll, I'll tell you what it is um, it's um, basically all of our data belongs to us, all of your data belongs to us, I mean that that's pretty much what it is all of your data, all your devices uh, belongs to us, meaning the NSA under the TAO initiative and what they're doing, and I, and I had talked about this as well, mentioned this before, there are 3,575 paid uh, Obama operatives. This I published an article back February 13th, uh, 2013. <clears throat> I think it was one of the first ones to, to uh, on point on this. This goes well beyond the Obama operatives. This goes well beyond shaping the narrative. This goes into actually capturing your data and uh, attempting to uh, use it, building a file against you, and also controlling your devices. That's what the tailored access operations does. So if, again, more later in, in later shows, but understand what, what this is, what this does, the importance of it, the relevance to, uh, broadcasts like ours, because they are going after broadcasts like ours, like Pastor Paul Begley, like, uh, Ted Brower, like Alex Jones. Well, like you said, they're going after going the after truth. Yep. And anywhere the truth is allowed to go unchecked, they will be seeking to shut it down, censor right. it, stop it at any and all costs. That's right. All right. Because they have to have a unified front yep. with getting the public to buy their lies. Otherwise, they will continue to awaken those paying attention. That's right. Well, now, what about the Internet? <clears throat> Is it the last bastion of, of information or, or what? Obama came out this past, uh, over the last couple of days and called for a series of international agreements to regulate activity on the internet, citing his preference not to start an arms race in cyberspace. Now what does that mean? Seriously. 
What we cannot do, he says, is have a situation in which suddenly this becomes the wild, wild west. I think those days are, I mean, if you think about the wild west, what was that? That was, um, that, that was when you, if you sold a man's horse, you get hung, you got hung right there. You had, uh, I guess, I guess we can't do that anymore. We might have some feelings. The wild west was, was, they say, you know, the last frontier, um, where there was law, I mean, if you, you study history and that's what, you know, the outlaws and whatnot, but it was the last bastion of uncharted territory in this con, in this country and it was settled. But see, we've passed the point of the internet becoming the wild west. And if there ever, if there ever could have been a point where it was the wild west would have been a decade ago. Well, right. Now, this goes back to what you said earlier, Obama was questioning about Russian hack attempts or Russian hacking, and, and Obama said, look, we, we know that Russia has attempted to hack, but he didn't go all the way and saying, oh, Russia's behind the leaks and yeah. the DNC and such. Right? He said, well, he admitted Russia and other countries had made hacking attempts in the past. He declined to discuss the report in detail. Yeah. And I asked, why, why would he refuse to discuss the report in detail, especially if they're going to start uh, changing the way they do things and uh, creating policy, domestic election policy, out of those claims. Well, it doesn't matter because it, 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 at this point, what difference does it make? <coughs> Benghazi. Um, no, it, 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 the, 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 they're shaping the narrative to get the average, um, Savage calls them ice cream lickers, I can't think of a better snowflake generation. Yeah, yeah, you know what? That's yeah, the average snowflake out there. But that that goes for even some of the older people, you know, who, who fried their brains by uh, uh, coke and, and marijuana back in the day, right? Um, it, it doesn't matter. They're they're shaping they're shaping this this narrative too. So for those people to be able to cast out on the elections, folks, we were telling you this before, and know that this is a this is a real issue. They are cha- they're they're focusing in on this to change the narrative, so you can cash, uh, so they can cast doubt. I'm sorry, on the um, on the legitimacy of the upcoming elections. So if Trump wins, well, wait a minute, did he win, win fairly? Was there some you know hacking going on? Was it the Russians? And of course, there's going to be this big question mark about his legitimacy. And and, and we, however, going back to 2007 and eight, who, we who questioned Obama's legitimacy back then with respect to his identity, which is still in question, were called conspiracy nuts and kooks. Well, look at it this way: uh, what do we call these uh, ice cream lickers, as Savage says, or these snowflakes? I would call them definitely narrative shapers, probably, or or, or at least those people who want to uh, cast doubt on the on the elections. And and as I said, the 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 whole thing with uh, with Russia, you've got to understand that they're an easy one to blame. And of course, again, I'm going to speak to Ted Brewer on this because I talked to him briefly on this, but I really didn't have the chance to really get into it. Uh, Ted thinks, oh yeah, you know, I, I do believe that that perhaps the the Russians are a part of this, maybe to an extent, and I think that the hacking attempts were indeed uh, part of it. And even some of the hack, low-level hackings were Russian. And, and look where Snowden is. Where's he at? Is he still a guest of Russia? I don't know. Is he? You know, you have the 
sovereign nations that are trying to attack, gain information and access on other sovereign nations, which you would have like a Russia, China, or North Korea hacking the USA and each other and other nations. But one thing I think is uh, important but different is that America probably is one of the only nations where the majority of hacks originate from America. Well, you, and you can go on the, I think it's the NOSE website, I'm not sure. You can go on the website and you can watch in real time the, the cyber intrusions. Yeah. It's it's an amazing There's thing like to watch. There's like Norse. Uh, Norse, that's it. Norse. But yeah. even further than that, you know, what we saw, what, what major hacking problems have we had in the in our history that has deemed that we need, you know, further cybersecurity protection as a nation for critical infrastructure. Well, what wait a, a movie second, was hacked and Hold on. Yeah, Sony, the Sony. But, but wait a second. People, people, I, we probably should have let off the fact that these, the, 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 the state election machines are not hooked up to the Internet. People, people, yeah, but do you know that? That doesn't always matter. Well, right, they can introduce viruses right. locally through the they programs. They show how you can hack a, an election machine from a remote location or from the actual voting machine standing in the booth. Correct, but it's but, but for them to federalize the election process is what I believe that they're attempting to do and, and complete the tyranny in this globalization. I mean, you've got to look at Obama as being not just demonic and satanic, but an evil. I mean, the, the guy's not incompetent. Anyone who says he's a, incompetent to me is is just ill-informed and perhaps uninformed. But but the bottom line here is Obama is acting either either at his he's acting like Gorbachev. Did you think about that? He's acting like Gorbachev. Think about that for a minute. He's America's Gorbachev. Gorbachev superintended the downfall of, or the, the takedown of the Soviet Union. Well, that's what Obama's doing. So, anyway, he's not stupid. He's he's a stooge of the globalists at, at, at the very least, but he's also part of it as a community activist. And, uh, anyway, that's what, what he's doing. Um the uh and oh did you see this as well the um the respect or lack thereof obama is getting mm-hmm. okay he he uh, obama said farewell to the g20 leaders in uh, china here yesterday reminding them they're living in turbulent times yeah well folks <laughs> yeah his his final Breath, this Asian tour now behind them. Well, almost behind them. Well, there was a. It, it was amazing to see the lack of respect given to any uh, given to this bozo. There were. Uh, I don't know. I do that, right? If you saw um, or paid attention to the news all this weekend, but w- there was an issue with a on the tarmac. Yeah, yeah. Where uh, well the the uh, the. Uh, uh, Guy from China. There was a diplomat, or he said, "He said you're in my country, or you're in our country. You're using our." I mean, he he schooled him. He schooled Obama. Mm -hmm. And there Uh, was uh, talk about tension between the Chinese um, premier or president and Obama. And did you see they had they they forced him instead of coming out and little things like this. Instead of coming out the the regular exit of the Air Force One down a, a carpeted. Mm-hmm. Staircase provided by the hosting country. They made them go out the back of the plane. <laughs> they made them go down the back of the plane, and they met the the Chinese guy there. And, and the, the Chinese guy said, "Hey, you know, um, you're because well, a staffer went up and and said something about 
how they were going to do things. And the Chinese uh, representative said, no, you're in our country. You're going to do it our way. And basically pound salt. So, but, but, uh, the president of the Philippines, Rodrigo Duterte, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, said Monday, and, and now listen to this. Imagine, imagine this. I'm being head of state and saying this. Okay. Now I can say this and, and no one cares, but being head of state, I'm the, he, he, this Rodrigo said this. Look, I'm the president of a sovereign state, meaning the Philippines, and we have long ceased to be a colony of the United States. As a son of a B, you know, and he completed the word, I will swear at you. This he said to or about Barack Hussein Obama the second. Did you catch that? I'm the president of a sovereign state. We have long ceased to be a colony of the United States. S O B, although he said the words, I will swear at you. <laughs> That's See, funny. You know you know why? Because Obama said, Hey, you know what? Uh, I, we gotta talk about the extrajudicial killings that you're doing, um, in your country. Oh, wait, wait, did, did the, really? I, I guess, I guess the, the drones and, and the missiles that say made in the United States, sent with love by Obama, or sent with love by, by Hill and Huma, I guess they don't count, right? Honest to goodness. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Final two segments before Stan Dale coming right back at you. HagmanReport.com. Bookmark that for show topics, news, information, analysis. Hagman and Hagman. Bookmark that as well. And folks, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just go to HagmanandHagman.com. Click on that for to subscribe. Stay right where you're at. Bachman said, this is the last election. Remember when the Pope said, this is the last Christmas? We're seeing that a lot in the news. The leaders to pundits are saying that this is the end. Well, a lot of that's good and normal. Yeah, it is. One thing that might be coming to an end is aerial spraying for the Zika virus in Miami. Yeah. Well, as well as GMO mosquitoes, as the citizens of Florida are voicing and soon to vote on their concerns of GMO mosquitoes being released into the wilderness to kill the other mosquitoes, as well as Zika spraying. Miami Beach city leaders are at odds with a scheduled aerial spraying for insecticide nailed over a 1.5 square mile infection zone. Uh-huh. And, and JD, by the way, is at ground zero for this Zika yeah. bar, or this this spray. Um, his wife got into his car, their car, and it was covered in nothing but this pesticide dust. Say some prayers, you know. I mean, seriously, have we lost Can you our flip? Like and, you know, under a tree. Honest to goodness, I, I I was I was on I was monitoring the um, tweets. Is that what you call them? Mm-hmm. All right. And, and and the postings on a conservative website. And these idiots there. And, and I, uh, sorry, but that's 
the only way I know how to describe them, saying, it's all right, embrace it. You know, go ahead and run through the clod. It's not going to hurt you. It's kind of like Ann Coulter saying, run to the radiation, run to the radiation. It's good for you. Yeah, yeah. You know about the uh, uranium. I'm sorry if I use that term. If I use it inappropriately, I apologize, but I don't know how else to describe what, what, Joe, tell me, what makes it okay? Now, I'm, I'm not some guy that believes, uh, in, 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 you know, global warming or, or, I, I understand we need to have a, a, a defense or a strong offense against a potential threat, meaning a virus or some sort of epidemic but what i don't get and i really don't get this is is how people can can look at things like the month what monsanto does the roundup and all this and say it's okay when the when the studies have proven i guess or i i allegedly i'm trying to think of how many qualifiers i should use here given the uh, lawfare environment that there is out there um, to, to say it's bad for you, it can cause. But but can, can Zika actually cause microencephaly? Yeah, small heads well, that, of the kids. That's yeah. one of the questions. Um, in Florida, a uh, bill put forward to the Senate. The Senate rejects 1.1 billion dollar Zika funding bill. 1.1 billion dollar Zika funding bill that would bring critically needed federal money to Florida has failed once again. With Tuesday evening's third vote failing. 52 to 46. Congress spent Tuesday afternoon debating the bill with members back to work after uh, the seven-week vacation. Must it's, be nice. Yeah, I, I just, and by the way, folks, yeah, we just got done with our six-week vacation, uh, one week shy of the Congress. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, yeah. are they teachers? In that time, more than 50 homegrown cases of Zika have been confirmed in Florida, the majority in Miami-Dade County, another seven they say homegrown cases were reported Tuesday, but they say that they are not going to pass the bill. And you got to wonder why. Um, what what do they know that we don't know, or what what's going on with this Zika virus? Yeah, I know. I, you well, know, we I, had the I, Ebola scare of was it 2015? Yep. We've had the you know bird avian bird flu scares in the past, and and we've seen these come and go. You know, these um, right on the edge of quarantine level craziness with infections diseases and and whatnot and the uh, cures do you remember now it was about a year ago when the first it was the first mention of the zika virus and everybody said oh there's no way to fight this because we don't know what it even is right now we see terrorizing, the of course but yeah gmo yeah. mosquitoes we see this uh pesticide spraying and from you know what I see, they might soon have a, a vaccine. Yeah. And, and how is that even? Po- I just don't understand. I mean, it's so. Well, in in Africa, they were using this virus, the the potential for birth defects, as as a as a um, authorization for abortion. And they they had a ship out, out in international waters. They would boat the women, pregnant women in Africa, out to this ship. And of course, they would do the abortions, perform the abortions, and then send the women back. This made George Soros and his spawn of Soros giddy with excitement. Okay, and and certainly Hillary Rodham, the Yak Clinton, 
uh, giddy with excitement because she, of course, just worships at the altar of Margaret Sanger, who is a eugenics, eugenics uh, uh, you know, let's kill all the blocks, basically. That that's her that that's her claim to fame. There wasn't no basically that was that. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so so this is what we're seeing today. This Zika Zika thing, I believe it's you know it's interesting because uh, remember back in the sixties, Doctor Mary Sherman, uh, Ochner in New Orleans. Uh, this around the time Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald was reportedly in New Orleans working with. Uh, David Ferry and, and Dr. Ochsner uh, and others, they were creating this cancer virus. And this made its way, or at least parts of this made its way into the SV40 polio vaccine. That was covered up by our U.S., by the U.S. government, by our government at the time. So is there precedent for this? And even to, even in the 80s with the AIDS, virus slash epidemic was this manufactured was this an artifact of our own government and i know people will be out there and say oh come on you're just a you're just a real moron for even suggesting that well go back to the sv40 polio uh sv40 um, um poisonings you know by sv40 the, the virus into the polio vaccinations that's uh, that's what that's that's on record that's proven and yet our government said, okay, no problem. We'll just give it, we just, we just won't tell. Shh. And that led to an epidemic of cancer. And don't forget Jack Ruby at the time, who was at the epicenter of some of this, was diagnosed with cancer. And 28 days later, after the diagnosis, he was dead. It's four weeks. It's a heck of a fast-moving cancer. And he had claimed at the time that he was injected with the cancer virus. So apply this to Zika and what we're seeing today. Have have they changed their playbook at all? I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think so. But but this plays right into the hands of the globalists. Go ahead. No, that's interesting. I never knew that about um uh, Jack Ruby. Yeah. Yeah. That's and was and, he in jail obviously he was, yeah, he was in jail in prison. Yeah. He was in he was in jail and uh <clears throat> he had begged the uh uh, Warren Commission. He said, he said, bring me back to Washington. I can't talk here. Bring me back to Washington. I'll tell you everything I know. And, and Ruby, I mean, there's so much evidence to, to show that that particular decapitation of American government back in November 63 was, was part of this. We're, we're still seeing the ripples from that. And that maybe is the segment passes prologue. Um, but history has really given us insight into what's taking place today. No. I want to just touch on this story. Um, and Eric, I should have sent you this one picture clip from the story. Black Lives Matter protesters shut down London Airport. Seven people were arrested. Yep. None of them black. <laughs> okay. For, that's the first part. Now, this gets stranger. Uh, they they felt black that day. Climate change is racist. Black Lives Matter shut down London City Airport with protests. Uh, what happened this morning was seven men stormed a runway at London City's airport in the UK with signs saying uh, racist climate crisis and Black Lives Matter. Uh, seven people were arrested as protesters stormed the East London airport, causing hundreds of flights to be disrupted. The activist group said the demonstrations were to raise awareness to the UK's environmental impact of black uh, people locally and globally. They said black people in Britain 
were 28% more likely to be exposed to air pollution than their white counterparts. Adding black people are the first to die, not the first to fly. Breathe it in. Been a racist climate crisis. Uh, Uh, Police were alerted at 5.40 a.m. to reports of people on the runway. What they did is they put the signs (laughs) around them and they lay down on the middle of the tarmac. Did you ever get run over by 7.47? I mean, really, what does that do? That's going to leave a mark, right? Go ahead. Go ahead. The witness uh, I mean, says they got bump. they got onto the runway using a rubber uh, dingy dinghy from the dock, whatever that means. Yeah, but think about this: rubber, seven uh, white people yeah. break into an airport, a, a very busy airport, one of the world's busiest. Lay on a tarmac. Uh, I'll bet stop you hundreds of flights. Uh, but I'll, no, see, I'll, saying, uh, I'll bet you if they would have just kept going and, and treated them as nothing more than like a speed bump on the runway, <laughs> that wouldn't happen fine. again. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, or, or if if they pass, okay, maybe that's too harsh. Just pass pass over them with a 747. Hopefully, they don't get sucked in the engine. But if they don't, um, they're going to need some earmuffs or some, you know, hearing treatment after that, along with some uh, PTSD treatment as well. I, I'm sure. Okay, on. Are I you guess they were all white. There, I see one. African American girl, but still, what what does this come to um, in London? How much is George Soros paying these people? I don't know. You know, Soros never n- n- never uh, tendered us any offers, made us any offers. So uh, we must be doing something right, apparently. But but Soros and the spawn of Soros live who lives in Long Island or on Long Island, I should say, uh, very active and and you know. But 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 see, here's what I'd like to see. Is I'd like to see the emails of the people behind Soros, because don't tell me Soros is the is the is the CEO of the globalists. He's not. The families behind this are the Luci- true Luciferian elite. Soros just happens to be the whipping boy that they sent out, and you know he, he's the guy that's making the money, him and the spawn. Um, but but the people behind Soros are the, Luci- the true Luciferian elite who, who, will, who will drink the blood. Yes, yes, they will drink human blood. Yeah, yeah, I understand how perverted all of this is. Uh, go to these, you know, these, uh, uh, satanic things, ceremonies. And, and by the way, September is really a critical month. I, I, I just want to digress here a moment, Joe. You know, I, I've had the privilege of working with, uh, hopefully I'm not speaking out of school here, working with Russ Dizdar. Folks, Russ Dizdar is a real deal. I mean, he works with law enforcement. He works with a lot of, uh, uh, I mean, he works on satanic crimes. And people will tell you, the FBI will tell you, the, the Department of Justice will tell you, look, we don't have any statistics on satanic ritual abuse, satanic crimes, because it doesn't exist. You see, go back to the 80s, the, oh, it was just this big, big BS thing where children were asked leading questions and made up all of the answers and, and made it sound like they, they were uh, victims in uh, this uh, satanic abuse ring. Well, let me tell you something. That's just total hogwash and september is a very occult month october a very occult month some very extremely important dates for in, in satanism but see the, the 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 what's behind all of this and what few people talk about is the level of satanic worship that goes on at the highest levels within our government by globalists and also external to our government but the ceremonies, the, the the blood drinking, the sacrifices, you might say, well, our sacrifices, that, that, that's that's crazy talk. There is no human sacrifices. Come on. You're nuts. 
Yes, there are. And there is sex trafficking at the highest levels. And there is abuse. And there is ritual abuse. And you just don't want to know what there is out there because it would make your skin crawl. But count on it. It's there. And uh, just ask for us, Dizdar. All right. Yeah, so the, uh, again, Black Lives Matter shutting down a runway in London. Uh, this is an interesting uh, article, as this is one of the first times I've heard Trump talk about the Fed. He Trump says the U.S. interest rates must change as Fed weighs rate hike. He said that the Federal Reserve continues to look at the possibility of negative interest rates. Well, Donald no, Trump, the, the Republican presidential nominee, has accused the Federal Reserve of manipulation, including... The, pre- the current president saying that uh, the U.S. Central Bank has created a false economy and that interest rates should change. They're keeping the rates down so that everything else doesn't go down, Trump said in response to a reporter's question to address a potential rate hike by the Federal Reserve in September. We have a very false economy, he said. And he's right. Yep. And he yep. went in and he tied the manipulation to the Federal Reserve and went even further to point out some of uh, Fed Chair Janet Yellen's policies. As last month, the U.S. Central Bank was getting closer to raising interest rates, possibly as early as this month. As they say, the Fed says they see the economy as close to meeting its goals of maximum employment and stable prices. Boy, if that doesn't send a shudder through everyone listening <laughs> to this, I don't know what will. Uh, obviously, we're we're built on a house of cards. Just listen to the the top economists. Not not on the uh, mainstream media, but but the, the people who really know what's going on. Um, where this this giant Ponzi scheme, where the Federal Reserve is the agent of the globalist folks. I, I mean, and, and if you think, for example, that uh, you know we're at maximum employment, or maximum employment where we're going to be relative to where we were, and understand what I'm saying here, then. And if you're happy with things, if if you're just tickled, delighted to death with the way things are today, well, you know, some people. How'd you do it? Some people are, or what? I don't know how. Some people are, though. Maybe they haven't been paying attention for a long time. Well, yeah, and and it it really doesn't matter because the closer we get to this election, and uh, and I think that people sixty-three days, I think, right. And we had said a long time ago that this was going to be. And remember Pastor Langford being on our program uh, a couple of, a couple of years ago, saying um, the fall of 2016. I could feel a big change, something something bad. I got I got a bad, you know, uh, my spirit is troubled over over the fall of 2016. And this goes back to the jubilee, the shemitah, the uh, all of this, the stuff that Jonathan Kahn spoke about, the stuff that Pastor Langford spoke about. And by the way. If you haven't seen it on Hagman, uh, Hagman at Hagman.com, uh, or Hagman Report, I'm sorry, .com, uh, Steve Quayle, Pastor David Langford on the Jim Baker Show. If you haven't watched that clip, that video of Jim, of Jim Baker featuring Steve Quayle and Pastor David Langford, you gotta do it. You gotta watch it. Um, wow. I mean, such, that was a fabulous, uh, show. No, I haven't seen it yet. And I spoke, and I spoke with both of them, you know, after, after they did that, after the, I spoke with Steve Quayle and I spoke with Pastor Langford and, uh, we were talking about Jim Baker and about the, you know, the events there and the people there and, um, folks, I'll just say that they 
the information that, that Steve gave out, as well as Pastor Langford gave out, now the, the first episode is up. So just go to HagmanReport.com there and you'll find the, uh, you'll find the link to Jim Baker's show. But, but it would do, do you good to watch it because, again, going back to what Pastor Langford said two, year and a half, two years ago on this program where things were not going to be good. I mean, we are going to have issues in the fall of 2016. Jonathan Kahn, people have mm-hmm. really miss, um, they've made, they, they made some errors in their understanding of what Kahn was saying and what others were saying about the Jubilee and about the blood moons and about the signs and the heavens. Look. Yeah, people attributed, you know, immediate. Right. Oh, it, results or, or, or godly movement to the specific, um, from the blood moon to yeah, nothing the, happened. Nothing the Jubilee. Happened. Yeah. But if you look at the hist- at history, uh, I was even reading today that, you know, six weeks after um, one of the Jubilees, God brought about judgment. I, I can't, I was reading a commentary and it went through dates and they had a charts and whatnot, but it was just this one instance, six weeks after a Jubilee year, there was judgment brought about on part of the land. Um, so well, things don't always happen, you know, as the celestial signs in the sky happen and as, you know. People have this this weird idea that they've got to, they're going to put God the in a date box. setting. You know, yeah. yeah, and they've yeah. got to set dates and they've got to have these, this precise calculation. And God is probably laughing, okay, saying, yeah, okay. Yeah, keep at it. Uh, but 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 what Khan did, and what um, Rabbi Khan did, and um, Jonathan Khan, and he's he's come back on our show, mm-hmm. and um, of course Pastor Langford has said, look, you know, through prayer, through evaluation, analysis of events, and and a number of things. Twenty sixteen fall, this time that we're in right now is he's spiritually troubled by everything, and of course Rabbi Khan talking about the Shemitah, the mystery of the Shemitah, and such. You know, there's. The final chapters on this have not been written. So to dismiss that, it would be like talking about Jade Helm and saying, well, see, nothing happened. Well, what are you, dense? Yeah, that's right. Nothing happened with Jade Helm. Uh, just just a record number of assets being moved, military assets all across the United States, open drills, urban drills and such, in addition to mapping the human domain. You have got a, you know, I'm sorry, but if, if you're if you're of the opinion that nothing uh, nothing happened, well, then... You're not looking close enough. Your analysis is not deep enough. You are about an inch deep, if that, and, and maybe, you know, a foot wide. Your analysis is, is, is hobbled only by your inability to really analyze what's really taking place. That's with, with the entirety of all of this. And if you have any questions, just go to the, go to the Bible itself and you can see right there that, uh, you know what we're talking about. All right, and um, just Go a on. quick uh, update, on Jonathan Kahn. Yep, um, I'm just reading my email here, and uh, he did get back to us over the weekend, and possibly next Tuesday, the 13th, the first two hours. Got to get a double confirmation. Got to get a confirmation. Uh, just sent that back to him, saying that was good. So well, if he wants okay. it, that they still open the 13th, he'll be on. But he's coming out with a new book, and he is. Uh, looking to come back on the show, not only to talk about the book, but to talk about um, other important news and current events as he's rolling out a whole new, um, I don't even know what to call it. He, he's got a whole lot of new material that he wants to go through uh, with and, our audience. And Jonathan Kahn is just a wonderful, we, we, we met him in Orlando, or I think it was Orlando, mm-hmm. right? 
in Orlando yeah. in 2015. And we we had we had the chance to sit down and talk with him off camera and and just just pick his brain a little bit. Wow, wow, wow! All right, I mean he's a, he's just a wonderful man. We have a lot of respect for him and really pay attention to him. By the way, another scheduling note: we had scheduled for this Wednesday Dick Morris to come on for 35 30 minutes, I guess it was 35 minutes to talk about his new book Again. That that uh, invitation has been rescinded. That's right. It's rescinded. You see, what happens is this. Um, I'm sorry. You play with our schedule, or you you know you string us along to, and it becomes an issue where we have to bend over for your scheduling issues or your scheduling inability to get your schedule together. We're not going to do that. And I I was contemplating a few things about that. See, Dick Morris has a new book out called Armageddon, or Armageddon. I'm sorry, Armageddon. Merrigan is the yeah, movie I by, know, uh, I know. no, I know, I know you know. But anyway, um, you, you see, I was going to ask him two questions at the end of the interview that, that he could not answer. Think about that for a minute. You see, there were two questions that I was going to ask him that I'm, I can't, I'm not going to tell you the questions, but I can tell you this. He, he, he could not answer. I know he couldn't answer. Or if he did answer with the truth, uh, I don't even know if he could even do that because that would reveal things. But anyway, the the bottom line is uh, I have a sense that that got out. And that's the reason why we're not going to see him Wednesday or ever. Way to go. (laughs) I'm kidding. No, no, no that's fine. That's no, fine. No, no, I, no, I, no. I accept it's, that. It's badge. perfectly fine. But I accept that with with the uh, you know. Uh, hang on a minute. Hang on. Now it's convenient for me to go. <coughs> this is Hillary. Cl- <coughs> hang on a second. Homa, Homa, give me a lozenge. The yak is hacking. The hacking yak. All right. Campus cautiously trained freshmen. Against subtle insults and microaggression. This is one of your favorite topics. Microaggression. See, a freshman yes. tentatively raises her hand and takes the microphone, and she asks a weird question. The exchange was included in a presentation. Recently arriving first-year students were focusing on subtle parts of microaggression, a new campus vocabulary that also includes the word safe spaces and trigger warnings. Microaggressions, Mrs. Marlowe said, are comments, snubs, or insults that communicate derogatory or negative messages that might not be intended to cause harm but are targeted at people based on their membership in a marginalized group. So if you're watching this live on YouTube, which you should be, as well as listening to this on Global Star Radio. Wait a second. Can I show show the audience an exaggerated version of a microexpression? Okay. Okay, if if you've ever... Law enforcement, cops, officer, detectives out there, you know what I'm talking about, right? you got to watch very carefully. For example, people have to tell. Everyone has a tell. You think you don't, but you do. But micro-expressions are little signs in your face, little twitches here or there. Kind of like... <laughs> I see you got to be watching that live. Okay, that's an exaggeration of a micro-expression. 
kind of like Hillary, you know, with the the balloons or, or the coffee. Yeah, uh, sorry. Maybe that was mean. I don't know. Go, go ahead, Joe. What's happening now is money from different programs of college institutions are now being um, reallocated for a new trend in colleges, some colleges, which are these social justice warriors, the snowflake generation, going over, it explains here in this article, it says, uh, you know, once devoted to ice cream, socials, tutorials on campus technology systems, and advice on choosing classes, orientation for new students is changing significantly with the renewed urgency this year on racial tensions and racial and ethnic ethnic tensions on campuses as well as an onslaught of sexual assault complaints so what are they doing they're adding these new diversity uh, orientation uh, microaggression safe spaces seminars to freshman college students taking tours on campus. Wait, is it We're time gonna, for a micro-expression or it's a time yak for a break. attack? Oh, time for a break. All right. It's time for a yak. We'll be right back, folks, right after these short messages. Stay with us. <laughs> Some blues that Eric mixed up with uh, with who? Just Eric? Just you? You, not, you gotta love that, right? You getting into it, guys and ladies? I think so. Hmm? Blues. Hagman and Hagman Report. That's where you're tuned in, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. I want to thank Todd for all of his graciousness, and I mean that. Um, what a great job he does. Global Star Radio Network is the place to be. And of course, we simulcast on Blog Talk Radio. Kudos to them as well. And, uh, YouTube Live. By the way, you see, we're under attack with YouTube Live. We're being censored. Because I can't say, we cannot say homosexuality is a sin. They're sodomites engaged in homosexual marriage. Oh, no, we can't say that. Because, would you, would you believe this? Come here. Let me tell you, let me tell you a secret. Closer. Closer. You see, I'm going to tell you something. You know who a lot of our complainants are on YouTube? Other radio shows and Christians. Yeah, Christians. We're being fragged, you see? We're being fragged from within. With friends like that, you don't need enemies. Oh, yeah. So we, we, I'll say this, we appreciate we appreciate the support from our listeners because see, we we have big things planned and things like uh, um, you know more ten thousand dollars suit no never no that's yeah no uh, I'm sorry I, I misspoke <laughs> time for a good cough no uh, we have big things planned we we have equipment to buy that, that can, we, we can actually use our, the equipment that we're going to use to 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 reach out and to and to upgrade what we already have to, so we can reach more people so we can we can actually bring pastor langford on and others to preach more and more effectively in ways that that we only a year ago could dream of 
but but you see youtube for example we have to we have to get away from and, and i hate ads i i just dislike ads i do but it's unfortunate because everything you see around here everything we do costs money and we are tight with money oh are we tight with money I mean, we, we attempt to be good stewards with money. Okay. Um, we don't, you know, we don't buy $5 cups of coffee. Once in a while, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll maybe treat ourselves to that. But as a rule, no. We don't drive, uh, you know, big fancy cars or live in mansions or anything like that. No. We just, what we try to do is do our best with what we've been allotted. And, and this, uh, I, I'm just saying that to you because if you've contributed to our show, thank you. Thank you. Many people have bought things on our, our, on our Hagman Report store, which most people don't even know exists. And they say, my goodness, it's overpriced, everything. Well, you know what? Yeah. Because it's a good idea. For example, this coffee mug, you know, just to give you an example, kind of back room picture here. This coffee mug, you know how much it costs us? I mean, we, we made sure it's the best made in America. It weighs like, you know, six pounds. It's just great. But the shipping on that is more than the mug. Mm-hmm. I can't. It's kind of uh, backwards. You know, it, but regardless, it's helping us. But we have to get away from the, from the ad stuff with YouTube. You understand it's going, the, the, the this is one way. For example, we mentioned homosexual sodomite marriage on YouTube. Or how the Muslims cut off the heads of Christians, Christian children. Or how the Muslims rape Christian women in the Middle East. Or if we talk against the uh, influx of these criminal Muslim, uh, this criminal Muslim army terrorists that are infiltrating the United States. Any of those topics. Oh no, you can't, you can't talk about that. And if you do, we are going to penalize you monetarily. And see, that's how it starts. And then it starts, then it moves from that to we're going to criminalize your speech. I was told that a couple of our shows were banned in a couple of foreign countries because they violated, violated their hate speech laws. All right. It's coming more and more. You see, the only, Dave Dobmeyer, coach, America's coach, the only people who eat, uh, tell me what this code is, Joe. The people, the truth, come on, the only, come on, come on. I don't remember. The only people who hate, the only people, I don't know, I'm going to look it up. Yeah, um, folks, you know what I'm talking about. Those who hate the, or those who speak the truth are, oh man. You get, you get where I'm going. Anyway. Truth is, coach, call up and give me. Um, only those who hate the truth or hate speech. Is, uh, I'm not going to do this. You know what? I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm spent. I'm spent. Oh, Eric's over there going. <laughs> Listen to him. Let's see. Um, well, well, you mic up and and uh, uh, those who. You know what I'm talking about. But anyway, you see, we are under attack here. And the very people, and you think the, the landscape of talk radio, the landscape of the alternative media is changing. And it's changing to such an extent where you will see 
the people who, the biggest snipers, are Christians themselves. And maybe that you found this in your church or in your family, your own family. Satan is the accuser of the brethren, but some people have taken it upon themselves to, to be the accuser of the brethren. Well, we're not perfect by any means, but they're using that as warfare, as 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 the means to um, censor us, and not only censor us, but to penalize us. Yeah, I know in Obama quote, the only people who hate the truth through those who have something to hide. Yeah, right. Very. All right. So, don't forget about the TPP as well. You know, I, I want to bring this out too. Uh, the um, hold on, oh, Coach Dave. Just Coach Dave. In. Thanks, Coach. America's Coach. Gotta love America's Coach. Truth sounds like hate to those who hate the truth. To those who want the truth. Let me uh, open this up. See, we can't even do that right. And the only reason I caught that is because I left my sound on my phone on. Coach, God bless you, brother. Man, you talk about, you talk about a guy, uh, past assault. Uh, I mean, his ministries. You talk the about truth sounds like hate. Uh, the truth sounds like hate speech to those who hate the truth. There you go. Thank you for, thanks, thanks coach. For, wow. That only took 10 minutes. That was pain. <laughs> that was a painful 10 minutes, folks. Ooh. Hey, we had a long weekend. You got to give us some time to. Yeah, while, while people were barbecuing and stuff, I, I could smell it in the office. I could smell barbecue in the office from neighbors or whatever, but. I cooked a big meal yesterday. Yeah. Only well, you, for my wife you know, and my mom. I'm looking around. I'm the only one in the, in the office. I'm thinking, well, thanks, guys. You know, I was looking everywhere for Eric. I was looking for Joe. We barely showed up today. <laughs> you know, I read an article. It's funny. Sorry. Uh, it's funny how these things pop up after holidays, three-day weekends, and breaks. There was an article out of the, I think it was the Daily Mail, one of the London, or the uh, UK's internet, uh, popular internet sites that said, you can you do know, a health reasons against a four-day week, three-day weekend. And it listed all these reasons why it's such a bad idea and how it can, you know, basically you'll die if if, if that's the way it was. What, if you take an extra day for the weekend? Yeah, if you had a four-day week and a three-day weekend instead of a five-day week and a three-day right. weekend. Well, I, uh, look, I'm all... F- I, whatever is the most productive, and I do believe at, at this late hour, folks, that all of us need to be putting in overtime. And, and, you know, thank you, Coach Dave Dobmeyer. God, I love that man. He is America's coach. Uh, we, coach, we have to get you back on to talk about everything you're doing. He's out there uh, taking the fight to the streets, uh, petitioning, you know, I mean, standing there, uh, bringing women that are otherwise ready to, to abort or kill their unborn and uh, saving them, saving the children, he and his team. What a worthy cause. Uh, ptsalt.com, ptsalt.com, Salt uh, Light Brigade as well. But Coach Dave Dobmeyer, a good, great friend of the program. But, but you know, yeah, it's 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 not time to, to worry about taking days off. It's time to, 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 to double time now. Now we need double time. The... Um, I, I want to mention this as well. This is important. This is not. This is flying under the radar. You want to. You want a testament to um, how we are being sold out. Not that you need one, right? By uh, by the uh, by the uh, conservatives, small C in government. 
the House conservatives and Speaker Paul Ryan folks are on a collision course this fall over demands to, to impeach the IRS commissioner. You remember Lois Lerner. You remember John Kosikin. J- uh, yeah, John Koskinen. Yeah, that's how you pronounce his name. Well, you see, members of the hardline House Freedom Caucus, no, members of the House Freedom Caucus, have been pressuring and pressing for a vote on the matter for months and intend to force a vote if the leadership won't schedule one. This is an end around the, the globalists in our in our Congress. Ryan's leadership team, they've been decidedly reluctant to hold an impeachment vote. You know why? Because they don't have... Co- uh, I can't say that because I, I heard, I understood that this, the C word in relation to testosterone, you know, low-hanging fruit um, is a... Um, swear word in Texas, or Mexico. Same difference, right? Um, Freudian slip there. So I, I they don't have the, the stones. They, they don't want to cause ripples, right? Well, Ryan, Paul Ryan, shame on you. This past week, Kevin McCarthy from California, a Republican, no less, released an agenda for September that did not include one, meaning uh, an impeachment vote. Why? No stones. No stones. The stones shriveled up, went away. Seriously. Ryan and other uh, GOP lawmakers are infighting right now. Those those who want the impeachment of the head of the IRS and those who don't. But, but uh, how far bent over do the American people have to be by the IRS? How far bent over? Can you just vision this in your head? Make a mental picture of this. No, maybe not. No, don't do that. I retract that. The House only voted once more than 100 years ago to impeach a cabinet member. But there is precedent there. But how much damage does the IRS have to do to conservative groups or to those people who are trying to stop the wholesale murder of the unborn, those people who are trying to get the truth out there, those people who are trying to do the right thing morally and spiritually? How much How much more do we have to take? And Paul Ryan stands up there, and those those who worship at the altar of Paul Ryan, or those who worship at the altar of, of these these eggheads up there, who, who say, "Well, you know, pat you on the back one day, say we're on your side, we're conservatives." We, are, yeah, no, they're not. They're globalists in sheep's clothing, or in conservatives' clothing. You know, the same well, people that you have. Um... I mean, go ahead. No, I mean, Ryan told reporters back in July that he and many other Republican uh, lawmakers hadn't been focused on the impeachment issue and that the uh, they, they were going to kind of table that whole thing. Okay, so what he's saying is we really don't care about the uh, about law, and we're siding with the Obama regime on this. We're going to give uh, the head of the IRS, along with Lois Lerner, a pass. Where in the hell? Are, where have our laws gone? We are living in a completely lawless society in this country. The IRS operates with impunity. You've got the executive branch running roughshod over the Constitution with impunity. You've got the Justice Department, the Lynch Holder 
and I'll throw in Hillary and Obama, Justice Department, running roughshod over everything. You have a complaint. You, you see, on the local level, if you're if you're a police officer and, and you make an arrest, what happens is you, the case goes to the dis, or the uh, uh, district attorney. Now, in some states and in some cases, there's a grand jury, you know, movement there, right? may go to the grand jury for an indictment. But in the normal normal course of events, you make an arrest, you take it to the district attorney, the district attorney looks at it and says, okay, you have a case, the district attorney then prosecutes, and then you, as the detective, sit second chair in the courtroom and, and, and the case is prosecuted, the perpetrators are brought to justice or justice brought to the perpetrators through a judge who is impartial, or supposedly so, just watching out for the the rule of law, and a jury, if warranted or if requested or if if applicable, decides that person's fate. Well, you take that whole process and you throw it out the window, especially at the level of the department or the uh, uh, Lynch level, especially at that level. It's gone, 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 because people like Ryan. And the so-called conservatives, backed by the, um, backed by the big talkers, who had this this love affair with these people. Oh, don't worry, right? You know, don't worry. We'll vote them in, then things will change. Really? How's it? How's that working out for you? The big talkers behind the microphones and the stuffed shirts and the panels. Yeah. Talk about decorum and gravitas, right? There is none. Just as there is no, no legal form here. So who do you, so if you were a police officer and you make an arrest, it's a good arrest, you take it to the DA and the DA takes it to the judge and the judge says, well, we're just gonna, yeah. Or you go to the DA and the DA says, no, I'm sorry, we can't prosecute. Madam DA or Mr. DA, we, we, we got this guy and, and he broke the law. He committed a misdemeanor, a felony. Sorry, we're not going to prosecute. Well, that, that's what's happening on, on a larger scale with, with, with Hillary and with every single person inside the Beltway. And, and, and as again, to quote Michael Savage, these ice cream lickers out there, there's, there's snowflakes. The snowflakes. Really. The, the metrosexuals. You know, the, the, that's what they were called a decade ago. Alright. I wouldn't even, alright. I wouldn't even insult a metrosexual with the term. Well, that's pretty snowflake bad. Snowflake. Because you have one person who cares about their, you know, if they're manicured and trimmed, their hygiene, their appearance, versus somebody who is Given a, a, a receives a full blown medical meltdown when they hear. A certain I thought you word. were treading some. Uh, I was in my mind when you started that sentence. I my mind went elsewhere, and thank you for not. Going I don't where, even know where you were. Yeah, thinking, well, Eric was chuckling over there. The the tech, Eric, the tech was laughing, and he knew where I, right where I was headed. And I know you. D- hey, you out there listening? You know too. 
Don't let's, play. Uh, don't play dumb. All right. We got a little bit before the break. Let's switch gears here. We have two pieces of information dealing with Iran. One, there is and has been a new close call with the Navy as another uh, Iranian, uh, seven Iranian boats harass another U.S. Navy patrol coastal ship in the Persian Gulf. Remember a few months back, there was a missile fired within what was 100 feet of a, a U.S. Um, plane, I believe, from a Navy, an Iran naval cruiser. Well, now, you have a U.S. Navy patrol ship was harassed by seven Iranian vessels on Sunday and narrowly avoided colliding with one in the latest string of incidents happening in the Persian Gulf. Seven is stored in Davy Jones' locker, all of them. Seven Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps Navy fast inshore attack craft approached the USS Firebolt while it was operating in international waters in the central Persian Gulf on September 4th, defense officials told the USNI News. Three of them maneuvered close to the firebolt, mirroring the ship's course and speed at a distance of about 500 yards for eight minutes before leaving. The U.S. ship and the Iranian FIAC came within 100 yards of one another, the defense officials said. Now, this is not the first time that uh, Iranian and U.S. ships or uh, military branches have had close calls uh, this is several times that this has happened since 2007, twice this year. Well, what was it? The the 400k wasn't or 400 million wasn't uh, wasn't enough for y'all, right? And, and, and it wasn't. You know, see, Jarrett, Valerie Jarrett, Valjer, um, yeah, the the, the Iranian <laughs> the Iranian girl. asset, the Iranian asset in the executive branch. I mean, think about that. Uh, coach. And Mrs. Coach, I mean, I'm vibrating here. I mean, I just want to vibrate right off my chair. Um, really, I mean, think about this. Uh, you got Valerie Jarrett inside the West Wing of the Oval Office. You've got this this crazy deal, four hundred million, and John Kerry in the State Department. And John now, he's Kerry married. Yes. Yep. Yep. His to his, not a son. You're talking about the son. Okay. Yeah. He somehow he's related to the yeah his the heads of state of Iran. Right. His son or stepson married or stepdaughter whatever through marriage yes, right it's, it's the Iranian deal so, so there the, the 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 globalist the level of incestuous activity at the globalist level including but not limited John Kerry but then you go back to Hillary Clinton and and her ties uh, and, and even go back to now now go back a few a uh, couple of decades when when John or when when um, Bill Clinton was in office and Hillary, you know, Hillary the Yak was 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 the co-president. Of course, you had this this uh, relationship where a lot of our technology was was given over to the the Chinese. All right, now why am I mentioning this? Because China, now 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 China has risen technologically speaking to the level where they have because of that that handoff of technology, they have uh, overlapped in in terms of their interest with. Uh, with, with Russia and Western Europe, or Eastern Europe, that is, uh, Western Europe, I suppose, or whatever, Syria in particular, um, where we are now being pitted against the Chinese, 
and the Russians. No, I mean, I mean, this is it is laughable to see that the absolute sellout of our country and the secrets of our country by the Clintons. By and see, this is this is not the party. This is not Republicans or versus Democrats. This is the uniparty of the globalists, the Paul Ryans, the Newt Gingriches, the the very same people who are the darlings of the Republican Party, the, and, and their cheerleaders like Carl. My goodness, I can't believe I ate that whole thing rove. Why did I say that? Where'd that come from? It kind of has mysterious origins, like the yak. Carl Doughboy Rove. I mean, you know, the allegiances of these people to sell us out, it's no longer, and it hasn't been for a long time, about parties. And even labels, you know, small C conservative, big C conservative, it's no longer about labels because labels don't make a doggone bit of difference. They're all sellouts. And, and the only other thing I want to say to this is because all of this, you see these, you know, Close in document camera. Oh wait, we don't have one of those. But if we did have a document camera, it, we could. Just call one eight hundred, pitch in, and go ahead and. We're giving away free tote bags. No, <laughs> PBS drive. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, if you could see this right here, I don't even know where I was going with that. Now I'm so far out in left field, but. Um, All of this is this all of this, all of this news, all of these headlines, all of the various components to what we're seeing. It's all coming together right now. In all seriousness. Joe in all seriousness and Eric in all seriousness and folks in all seriousness. We better start getting our act together and we better be start showing up and playing our position. Show up in force. Show up because we can win on the numbers. Coach Dave says that all the time. Play your position. And by the way, I, I'm, I, wanna, I want him to coach my team. He coaches, Coach Dave, mm-hmm. and and we'll we'll have the you know how teams have like a, especially if you're in a Catholic school, and don't shoot me for saying that, but you know you you've got a like a headmaster or a priest who kind of stands over you. That's Pastor Langford. He's like the you know. But we need to show up. We need to play we, our positions. We need to read our own email. We need to read our own mail. We need to read. Uh, we we need to, we need to start doing whatever we need to do, but with an eye on the ultimate prize. And that is, you know, JD said something to me today, and I don't even think he realized what he said. You know, we were talking about Black Lives Matter and then White Lives Matter, but he said something very quickly. And again, I'm not even sure if you realize this. It's eternal lives that matter. It's our eternal lives that matter. I thought of that. I thought, wow. Eternal, our eternal lives matter. Eternal lives matter. All other, everything else is just nothing. It's just trite. It's, it's bogus. Eternal lives matter. I'm done. I'm out of here. Standale's coming up to bring some sanity to this. Yes, he is. Standale, go to standale.com on the right hand side of the page. On the right of the microphone is the show images button. You click that link there. You can follow along with the images Stan put up on his website that coincide with the story he talks about here on the Hagman and Hagman Report. 
which he is a guest of each and every Tuesday night in the third and final hour, and he will be with us after this short break and again for the rest of the week. Tomorrow we have open lines and news and information. Thursday, Paul McGuire will be our guest. Friday, Dr. Ted Brewer will be with us. And if we can, if we can uh, wrestle Coach Dave, we can get him on too. hour we are joined as we are each and every tuesday in hour number three with stan deo from standeo.com go to his website on the right hand side if you scroll down to the youtube uh, right underneath the youtube image on the right of the microphone image you can click the show images page and follow along with what stan's talking about as he puts content and articles up there so we can follow along looking at the site we got a lot to get into Tonight, and I'm not going to um, delay it any further. And by the way, uh, Anthony Patch will come back on yes to, to those questions. I got a couple of emails, a couple of comments. So just I, I can't answer the emails right now. So, but yes. So, and we just got a confirmation. Um, Jonathan Cum will be on next week. Hours one and two on Tuesday, the thirteenth. Well, there we go. Jonathan Kahn, great guy, great guy. We we had the opportunity to speak with him in Orlando, and it was great. All right, so let's. Do we have Stan? Do we? I don't know. Do we? I don't know. <laughs> hey, uh, we can see you. How was your pajamas? What are you doing in your pajamas? Huh? How was your Memorial Day or your Labor Day weekend, Stan? Well, uh, we worked. I was um, working um, uh, on uh, a number of things for a new book that's coming out uh, by Doug Woodward and uh, three other authors. They all joined together. And uh, uh, I did a forward on it. I think we'll be announcing that uh, in the next couple of weeks when it uh, comes back from the press. And uh, Holly was working on getting her, uh, you know, uh, news format all set up for returning to news daily on our website. So she just uh, finished uh, doing a lot of that this afternoon. So over the weekend, she's been busy doing a number of things like that. Hey, so, Stan, if we can, you know, no, no oh. holiday, just work. <laughs> You sound uh, sounds like you had see, fun. Then Stan, I want to ask uh, a question. It's you and I, brother. You and I. I mean, these you know, these young kids. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, Stan, Joe, want to ask you a question? Yeah, the, the book you wrote it forward to. We just had Anthony Patch on, and he talked about his book, and he's going to be coming back on. But just to, from everything you read, what did you think? Do you think it was something uh, that's very interesting? Uh, something? Like- um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It. Uh, I read the book through here, several drafts of it, and uh, talked with uh, uh, mainly Doug Woodward uh, and Gonzo Shimura, uh, also to the the four authors, but. Um, the uh, the stuff it brings out is is quite uh, kind of mind stretching for some of the Christian folks that have been kind of asleep. It's a pew; they're in a comfortable pew. It's going to wake them up. Um, 
he's trying to all the authors are sitting there from different viewpoints trying to get people to understand that there's more to the the, the Bible than what you think and just the the simple English versions that have been translated from Hebrew and Greek and they go to current events and things that are on the verge if not already fulfilling prophecy and for that reason they knew that uh, Holly had worked on that uh, on her own book here for a year and a half on that uh, uh, prophetic perils book uh, along the same line but uh, more on the uh, social and geophysical things than than uh, these guys are doing but um, yeah it's it uh, it stretches your mind toward uh, kind of like Star Trek type visions of the universe and the parallel universes and CERN and um, but it gives documentation to the point that um, you know you have to realize that uh, just saying that, that God created the, the heavens and the earth there's more to it than that you know um, what the heavens are and how they work uh, by digging it out of scripture and then relating it to science so I think it's I guess you could probably, mm, I don't know what it's right to say, it's in uh, an apologetic look for Christianity into the cosmos, but it's, it's trying to get people that are Christians to understand that uh, looking into astronomy and the planets and parallel universes and aliens and UFOs is not violating the, the Bible at all. It's just explaining a lot more detail about the, the scientific side of it, you know. I, I enjoyed it, but, you know, uh, some people might find that it's frightening or whatever, but, no, I, I think it's really good. I, I remarked to them yeah. when I was uh, doing the the, uh, the forward for the book, uh, I told Doug, I said, you know, looking at CERN and all the the, the potential for problems that that, that, that whole uh, experiment has, I remembered that uh, my family home is a castle in the, uh, just across the border, I think it's 48 miles from CERN. And I said, we actually had nothing to do with CERN, so please don't blame that on us. But <laughs> anyway, uh, we had a good laugh about that and some other stuff. I think you'll enjoy the book. Um, you know, it's, as I say, it's a particular aspect of, in great detail, of what Holly uh, mentioned in her book as well. So you know what she's written, and so I think that you'll you'll like this. It's an extension of that. Well, perfect. Yeah, Anthony definitely um, does a great job when he when he gets into the CERN. I mean, half of it I don't even understand. It's just way above my head. But what I do understand is uh, very eye-opening. And if he's right, it has uh, deep implications for all of us. What do you want but, to get yeah. into this week? Well, Sorry, uh, a number of things. Uh, the, the Just while we're still on top of that book, the, uh, you say some of it's over your head, but... Uh, some of it's not. What the point is that they try to give you ammunition to talk to scientists and people who are not believers, relating that to Bible prophecy and and trying to uh, to help them understand the universe we live in from the biblical point as well as from the scientific. So it's a um, a combination of the two. And I've done this too when I did Vindicator Scroll years ago. Um, you try to uh, to reach the academic as well as the individual. That's just you know. Uh, like you know, every day most of us read the newspaper, and it's kind of digested for us. But it it's an attempt, and I think it's a good attempt to get the scientific community on board, so that they will start doing what they need to as far as revising the age of the cosmos or the universe and uh, how planets work and all kinds of stuff. So I'm hoping that it it, uh, it gets good circulation in the academic circles too. Anyway, now back to what we're talking about here today. Sorry. Um, there are a number of things. As uh, you said, you've you've looked.
the show images page, which is something that I was just looking at, um, oh, probably two hours ago on the SOHO, the Solar and Heliospheric Observatory, which monitors the activity of the sun uh, every, well, depending on the camera and the filter, but every, every uh, few minutes. And I saw about, what was it? It would have been about five o'clock yesterday evening. Uh, is that right? Five, seven, 17 hours of previous day. They say the sun's over. No, it was at five o'clock today, wasn't it? No, five o'clock yesterday evening. There was a huge solar flare and coronal mass ejection just bang on the, um, the right side of the sun, which would be the west side, the way they calculate stuff. But, um, I think in the next, uh, day or so, we're going to see some activity in our magnetic field on the earth. Uh, I was impressed with the, Concentrated stream of stuff that came out. It was, it was mighty, <laughs> mighty. But anyway, if you do go to so look for the sixth of September, and get you know, the beginning of the end day being sixth of September right now, and get uh, an animation of the stuff coming out of the sun, it's worth seeing. There's something else that's going on. I'll have to investigate after we get off there, but. Um, I noticed in the images, the, the, the movie that they make of the images for the last 24 hours or so of the sun, there's a, a great kind of dark spot in the coronal mass or coronal rays coming out over the, the upper left corner uh, of the, uh, the image of the sun. And it goes back for several days, I think, probably maybe two, three days at this dark space appeared and it's just a pronounced area where nothing's coming off the surface of the sun as far as you know normal magnetic filaments and things like that I'm wondering if there's going to be a coronal hole open up here in the next week um, the sun is definitely doing some weird stuff and so I wanted to put that in as a preface to talking about global weather changes as well as earthquakes and warfare and things like that um, where would you like to start, guys? You want to start on weather, earthquakes, uh, volcanoes, uh, what? Well, um, I see that uh, you have Iran in the front, but we can start wherever you think is most important. Let's start with the uh, let's start with the volcanoes and the earthquakes because um, this is something I've been watching closely the last uh, few months, and this is something you've been talking about uh, as well. Okay, well, on the show images page uh, at uh, images thirteen through uh, 13 through mm, 17 I guess I'm just looking no let's let's look at 16 and 17 those are images from the uh, Yellowstone uh, seismometers and I saw something interesting you know we had that earthquake in Oklahoma uh, what was it, about a 5.6 and about 30 minutes later we had one over in the Juan de Fuca a 5.6 if you if you look at image um, image seventeen, that shows the seismometers where they actually are over the Yellowstone Park, and you'll see these big red uh, blotches on those graphs, and that shows you when the seismometer is recording a, a seismological event like an earthquake um, that is so strong that it pegs the needle. That's why it's flat on the top and the bottom of it. So you don't know exactly the amplitude of the quake that caused that or, or where it is unless you dig into, you know, the earthquake uh, uh, programs or USGS or EMSC over in Europe. Now, what I found here was interesting. If you look at this picture that I've got up there, do you 
notice the seismometers down toward the, the southeast end of Yellowstone Park. They show that thing, uh, that kind of Oklahoma-type earthquake, um, you know, um, at about, oh, let's say one-fourth to one-half the length of shutter that you see on the seismometers up in the north, uh, north okay. northwest side at the Hagman Lake. Uh, seismometer, you see that it records the earthquake longer, and uh, Norris Junction does too. And I don't know why these seismometers are reacting like that, uh, showing these these uh, different things uh, for the same earthquake uh, down in, in either in um, Oklahoma or the one over in the Juan de Fuca plate. Both of them are on these particular graphs, one small and one large one. And I don't know unless it's a very sensitive seismometer we've got in the northwest. Uh, more sensitive than the ones, say, down at Mount Sheridan or at Moose Creek or Hawks Rest. Hawks Rest didn't even pick it up. But that's that's up in, you know, Wyoming, Montana at Yellowstone, and the earthquake at Juan de Fuca is over to the left of that on the coast, off the coast. And, uh, you know, uh, Oklahoma City, or Oklahoma, sorry, Oklahoma's earthquake is to the right further on down. Now, why would one of these quakes, which are both the same magnitude and roughly... Uh, I'm just looking at the map here, roughly about the same distance from Yellowstone when they occur. Why would one make a bigger shake than the other? And this does concern me. I'm just not sure why um, they they are recording more sensitively one that's on the coast there at, uh, compared to the one that's in Oklahoma. And all I could figure was looking at the the images I've got at um, image 10 and 11, these show uh, th- th- together, they show the outline of the craton, the the pedestal, if you wish, the solid, really compact and hard structure that supports the North American and, you know, Canadian uh, plate uh, going down toward the, the mantle to where it you know, becomes plastic. This is the the columns that the nations or the continents sit on. Well, in image, um, let's see here, in the image 10, you see that I've got these little red contour lines that I've drawn around showing where USGS says it's fairly stable and not likely to have earthquakes. And certainly if you look at where the earthquakes in Oklahoma occurred, uh, yeah, they're right close to a sensitive area. A more sensitive area, a stronger likelihood of strong earthquakes is over in the one, uh, sorry, in the New Madrid Fault region. But normally, we see that where the bottom contour line I've got, which goes south of Oklahoma City, there, that line is normally part of the edge of the craton, and anything to the left and downward from that, like from the west and south of that line, should be where you see major earthquakes and. Above it and to the right of that lower red line, you should see fairly stable stuff, generally speaking. So what I'm seeing here is a a tendency in the, the southern part of our craton to fracture, to make earthquakes. And this kind of, it doesn't, it shouldn't be connecting across to, say, the, the Juan de Fuca over, you know, at Northern California, the Mendocino Fault area. But you get that feeling when you look at the quakes, especially... If you look at the quakes, let's see where we've got here. Uh, yes, go to image 19. 
earthquakes in the last seven days over Richter 2.5. And you see, there's one over kind of north of Florida. There's the Oklahoma City one, or just above Oklahoma City. And then we get on over to um, the Juan de Fuca. And there's a line almost going through that. So I'm wondering if we're starting to see more activity that the craton itself is starting to fracture, which is not good. If we're going to see more earthquakes, just like the Bible said, like in Matthew 24, like Jesus said, in diverse places. I think meaning where they normally don't concentrate, they're all over the joint. Um, and if you look at the same image, you'll see that there's a yellow circle for a Richter 5-ish to 6-ish that's in the... Uh, Pacific, uh, South Pacific, but uh, kind of almost equally spaced between New Zealand and um, South America. So that tectonic border is active. The one at the South Pole that I talked about a few weeks back about where we had that Eltanen asteroid come to rest at the South Pole, that that area of that stressed uh, ocean bottom and, and mantle is also showing a lot of earthquakes. It's unstable. And that does link, although it has to take a couple of left turns, it does link to the the ridge that rises up in the Atlantic, both the south and the north. And you see earthquakes there. Um, and leading into uh, Iceland and through it up toward the North Pole. So it's almost like that side of the planet is seeing some big stress relief. And when you get back up to uh, in the map to where you're looking at the Rock of Gibraltar, they're just in northwest Africa, near Morocco. You see a small yellow dot, which is probably about a three or four, and to the left of that you see one that's uh, much larger out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, and then up into Italy where it uh, you know, damaged all those homes and killed those people. And that shows that there's a connector, a stress relief coming from the middle of the Atlantic all the way over into the Mediterranean, which brings to mind what I talked about several months back um, about a new tectonic plate fracture forming between North Africa and, mm, well, probably southern Florida, somewhere in that region there, and you can see how the earthquake patterns are indicating something is relieving pressure there. We may see a new plate tectonic border form, and that will be interesting as well. Uh, New Zealand? New Zealand uh, had a 7.1, you know about that one. We had one over in the uh, uh, the Atlantic. Um, we've had s- another 6.5 or 6 up near the uh, Russian peninsula up, up north of Japan. Looking at all these things, you see that going over to image 20, you see that there's a... Let me just get this up here. Uh-oh. It's not linked right. Oh, that's sad. Anyway, I'll change it. There's a a link there, a picture which should show the global earthquakes over uh, uh, magnitude 6. And if you look at the little yellow dots on the image, it's there, the little icon. Even though it's not active, you'll see that the majority of these big earthquakes are happening from New Zealand all the way up to Kamchatka Island. And if they start to connect, as we think I'm seeing, through uh, India over into the Mediterranean, you know, up where we had the one in Italy and out through the Rock of Gibraltar. As I was talking about, this may be a complete link, a really solid solid fracture that occurs forming this new tectonic line from Florida all the way over to the southwest Pacific to the Arc of Fire there. I know this is probably, you know, dull and boring to some people about the science of it, but it really is quite phenomenal when you look 
look at these large quakes, and we've had 13 or 14 of them over Richter 6, considerably over that, in the last um, 30 days, actually even the last two weeks. Now, I also did a little bit of a study on New Zealand, because that 7.1 earthquake they had was offshore up on the uh, the kind of the edge of a of a ridge as part of the tectonic fractures you know, for the tectonic plate there. I thought, well, let's just see. That was near Gisborne uh, in the north of um, uh, New Zealand, and it was a 7.1 earthquake five days ago. But then, if you if you look at that, that the image uh, 18, you'll see that I've got the history. You can blow it up. You can, I've got the history for the last 22 years for New Zealand for major quakes over six. And you'll see that Gisborne is normally a very uh, uh, active, strong uh, earthquake zone going as far back as um, 22 years. Um, and uh, 22 years ago, Gisborne, that same area, had um, two, uh, had a 7.1 and 6.5. And if you look at the map with those colored pictures and the magnitudes uh, that are over to the right, you'll see that um, there was even... Um, one south of the South Island, uh, off into the the edge of the plate that goes through New Zealand, that was an 8.1 magnitude 12 years ago. That area is becoming active again, in my opinion. That's why I looked at the history and put that up on the the uh, website there, so that people could see that. Um, and in addition to all this stuff, you know, the earthquakes, we're seeing a a rise, a, a, like a permanent rise in ocean temperatures. Um, the uh, image 14 will link you over to an article about the rising sea temperatures and the threat to Hawaii from this. And the reason it's a threat is because the sea rise temperatures are in the equatorial region and north and south of it in the Pacific. And they are, they are definitely greater than they were 10 years ago. But there are some cooler areas north of that and off to the uh, west of that, uh, west of Hawaii. What this does is it lays the groundwork for super uh, hurricanes or cyclones to form and probably threaten Hawaii directly. And that was a news article that was uh, on television there. I just put the, the image off the screen from that. But um, if you go to um, image four, sea surface temperatures, that's today's image of the the uh, hot and cold zones of the the sea surface, and uh, that's what generates uh, a lot of our weather patterns that come over the United States as well as you know, everywhere else on the planet. If you look over to the east, you know the right side of that image, you'll see that there the sea surface in the edge of the western edge of the Pacific is is a lot warmer, a lot warmer. And if you go over to the left side of the picture, to the it'll be to the east side of the Pacific you'll see that Hawaii is on the edge of the hot sea temperatures today. Uh, but above that, we have that cooling zone, which allows the uh, Coriolis forces and various other things involved in making hurricanes to really wind up things to the west of Hawaii and moving over toward Hawaii and toward the uh, Central American coast and Mexico. I go back over to image six. Now this, I put a comparison of the deviant or anomalous temperatures uh, in 2006 compared to today, same within two days at the same date of, to, of now. This is comparing 10 years ago to today. The top picture is what we see today for the weird anomalous high and low temperatures uh, across the sea surface all over the world. And in the lower image, that's 2006. Now, 
you'll see is that the, right where Hawaii, the chain of islands are there in the middle, a little black chain, and that the temperatures were relatively coolish, uh, anomalously cool 10 years ago. If you look at it now, the what well, used to be that cool area has diminished almost nothing above Hawaii in the top picture for today's date. And down at the equator, it's very cold. And this produces the extremes of hot and cold, which can wind up some really serious cyclones and hurricanes. Uh, and it's not just Hawaii is going to see these. I, I predict they're going to come in and hit uh, Mexico, and they're going to move up toward the Baja as well. So we're going to be threatened by uh, hurricanes or cyclones, tropical cyclones, as well as hurricanes over on the East Coast, in my opinion, anyway. We'll see. Time will tell. If you look at the hurricanes image five, on the East Coast. Say again? You're talking... Hurricanes on the East Coast, you said. Right? Yeah, and okay. and what I call landicanes. I think we'll see more of them come over the land like they just did, um, right. and and tear up real estate there. Uh, you, you really get the opinion if you're a Bible student that God is starting to drop the hammer on the United States, and certainly we deserve it. But the the, the climate change is really hurting our our food production. It's hurting people and property. And our water shortage, and we've been draining the aquifers to grow crops in California and the, the Midwest. Our water is being depleted. We're not getting it replenished, and the aquifers are draining. Some of them take a thousand years to restock. So all of this tells me that the good Lord is angry at us. And if you look at that, that image five, uh, you can blow it up by clicking on the picture. You see a really nice, uh, clear blue lakes forming. There are thousands of them forming in the South Pole at the Antarctic ice on you know, over the land in the glaciers. And if you click at the text beneath that, you can read the article. The scientists are really concerned over the last uh, five years they've been studying uh, that uh, Greenland, uh, like the Greenland ice sheet, has lost a trillion, a trillion tons of ice between 2011 and 2014. And uh, at the Antarctic, as I just said, they're worried about the fact that um, they've got thousands of these blue lakes forming because of the rise in the temperature of the planet. Uh, obviously, the sea temperature rise, which I showed you. But they've found 8,000 of these little blue lakes have already formed in the last 13 to uh, 16 years. Um, uh, the ice shelves... If they're actually touching the water and into the water and displacing water, won't cause a rise of sea level. But if the ice is on land and breaks loose and comes off and then descends into the water, it's going to rise or raise the sea levels. And figures do show between 200 to 230 foot sea level rise could result if all of our glaciers on land, not only at the South Pole but everywhere, melt and make their way to the sea. This definitely would take us back to what I put up a few months back, probably last year, about the, the, the maps I made showing where that kind of a sea level rise would uh, move up into the United States along the coastal regions. Hold Those that areas thought, you don't want to be in. Say again? We're up against the break. Hold that thought. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay with us.
this segment, closing out this segment, opening up the new segment, closing out the program, is Standeo, standeo.com. Folks, visit standeo.com, in particular the show images, and of course, uh, visit the uh, Holly's book, uh, Prophetic Perils, also Dare to Prepare. And speaking of preparation, let's talk preparation just for a moment. Folks, have you gone to MinutemanStove.com? Have you gone there? MinutemanStove.com. Think about that. MinutemanStove.com. Commit that to memory. The Minuteman Rocket Stove. It's a perfect survival stove for you and for your family. A lot of times people don't think, for example, about Minuteman Stove or how you're going to cook your food. And you think, well, I can do it over an open fire. I can do it somewhere else. Look, we've got the perfect selection of product for you. The Minuteman stove is a biomass burning stove. It only requires a very small amount of, of wood and twigs and sticks and twigs for your fuel. You'll always be able to find enough fuel for your Minuteman stove even if you live in the city or, or a suburb. It uses less than a tenth of the fuel required by an open fire for cooking and the fuel is small dia- uh, the fuel is small diameter requiring less labor. No tools to process. You don't need chainsaws or anything like that. The Minuteman stove is fully insulated with ceramic refractory installation. This focuses the heat in, in a certain area where the results in cooking um, uh, power comparable to a kitchen stove. It's fantastic. It can also be used as a picnic table, on the picnic table, a picnic table, uh, for camping because of the uh, the outside uh, uh, of the stove only reaches about 200 degrees in temperature. This is a well-made stove. It's made in America. It's made by Americans for Preppers, it uh, everyone are handmade, battle-proven, and extremely rugged. Minuteman stoves come with a two-year hassle-free warranty, which to date no one has ever used. Visit MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Now, we left off, of course, with Standale talking about the earth changes. And isn't it great, folks, that uh, we... This program, I, and, I, and I love this about this program, but I love this about our guests, uh, in particular Sandale, looking at the news through the lens of biblical prophecy and earth changes through the lens of biblical prophecy, not some BS, um, um, you know, political, politically motivated um, agenda, initiative, narrative. So let's get back to Standale. Standale from Standale.com. Thanks, Dan, for... For, uh, okay, yeah. Um, I, while we were in the break there, I managed to go grab up that uh, map that I made um, about the sea level rise. And if you go down to image 23, uh, refresh your page and um, go to image 23, you'll see it's, it's a, a small version of the large map I made. <clears throat> and pay attention only to the right side of the map, you know, the blue on the right side of the map, because that one shows where a 200-foot sea level rise would put water encroachment into the United States. And you can see that unless you live in the Appalachians, uh, Appalachians or the Rockies, uh, well, that's Rockies and east of there to, into Kansas. It looks pretty good. But, um, you know, half of Texas, if not all of, uh, yeah, about half of Texas, and then all of Louisiana, Mississippi, Florida, up the coast, all the Carolinas, all the way up to portions of uh, New York State as well and up to the Great Lakes show that the Great Lakes are probably empty straight into the uh, Pacific through the uh, New Madrid area up to Mississippi Valley. Um, that is in the extreme case where all the water and the ice on the planet melts and goes into the sea. An estimate which is conservative 
uh, some estimates say 220 foot level. But um, if you live in these areas or close to them, you might think about <clears throat> your long term um, goals <laughs> and buy yourself an inner tube or something. So when you sleep, you can see whether you're going to float out the next morning. But um, anyway, that's that's the map. I, I do have so, a higher. So, Stan, I'm just going to ask: living living on the shores of the Great Lakes. I mean. On the shore of Lake Erie, for example, are you talking that when the Great Lakes empty, or if, if you want to phrase it that way, I mean, um, how wide? I mean, where's it going to empty? I, I guess, or where are they? Are empty? you looking just, at the? Are you looking at the image? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, okay. specific to that image, I'm I'm trying to. Well, I guess I'm I'm hoping more than anything in this question, but okay. Uh, well, go ahead. Um, I'm looking at the image. Well, are you looking at uh, Lake Erie or Lake Michigan? Where do, where do you want to look? Lake Erie. I figured as much, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm well, we're wrong. Lake Erie there is on the the kind of the the bottom to the right a bit, and it does show uh, just by the altitude maps we've got. There, there's these are rounded figures when they made this map that I used, you know, for, in the USGS. Um, they can be off by, you know, five, ten foot, something like that, uh, in certain places. Um, so if you look at, at Lake Erie, you see that the water from the Lake Huron empties straight into Lake Erie. And of course, the Lake Ontario will do the same thing. Uh, and the St. Lawrence, yeah, okay. Um, I'd say that if you see those light blue areas coming off of Lake Erie and heading kind of South, south, no, south, west, southwest, uh, heading towards the Mississippi River Valley. That little blue area there would be where the water would encroach. Okay. Where do you uh, live yeah. in relation to that? Well, do uh, far enough east of that. Um, if you look where the two lakes are, where Niagara Falls would be. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so down from there, I, I guess. Regardless, it's just going to be a mess. I mean. It, <laughs> No. Yeah, I think so. And, right. and you're, you know, I mean, I don't know which way the water will flow. I guess it'll flow down and and out toward the St. Lawrence Seaway, would it? Or does it go the other way? St. Lawrence Seaway used to come in this way. I, I don't know which way the water would flow once it's finished. Right. Um, but this is where we're heading if things keep heating up. And certainly if you've got 8,000 lakes already forming in the ice cap at the South Pole, and most of our Greenland ice, you know, a trillion tons of it has disappeared over the last uh, 16 years, or slightly more than a trillion tons now. Um, you know, you, you got to realize that this is a real possibility. This isn't tsunamis. It's gradually going to be rising up, and you'll feel it lapping in your feet and thinking it's time to get a boat or, you know, get out of Dodge, but uh, this this map is to the best of my ability what I could do to show people in these areas that perhaps they should think long term about going somewhere else to live. Or I mean, even in Australia, when we were down there in, in the middle of the 90s, you know, uh, Holly and I noticed on the news they were saying down there to people, don't be buying property on the Gulf Coast, you know, on the eastern coast of Australia where people like to be on the beach. Buy further inland so that you don't get to property damage or loss by rising sea levels. And that's the government telling them down there. They wouldn't do that here. But, you know, in place of the government, I'm telling you, this is the hard data that I've put together. Interesting. 
Uh, it's it's fascinating, folks. Visit standeo.com and uh, take a look at the show images and take a look at those maps. I mean, it, it's there. It is. I mean, wow. Okay. Well, sobering. Yeah. You know? It is. It is. Um, and before we get too far off of things, I know you got a question. If there are people already bringing up, or are we right to talk about something else for a moment? No, go ahead, Stan. Actually, we, tonight we didn't open the phone lines. So, okay. um, okay. it's right. just us. All right. Well, now, up to uh, images one, two, and three. Uh, image one is um, talking about Iran. And Iran is going to be a major player of what's happening in the Middle East for the next few years, I'm pretty sure. Now, we've in the past looked at uh, General Qasim, uh, Qasim uh, Soleimani, and he's been... Uh, He's been wounded and recovered, and now then he's running the intelligence operation for Iran. But now, where they're doing a lot of their intelligence gathering uh, and operating is not in Iran. It's in Damascus in Syria. And it's in a place called the Glass House, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes. But um, they're fighting the Islamic State, the the Iranians are. And um, this is odd, but that's what they're doing. And the Saudis are doing it. They're fighting uh, the Islamic State, but the Saudis are also against Iran. The United States is supporting Iran behind the scenes, even more so, in, in fact, in violation of the treaty that we signed with them. Um, so what I'm saying is Iran is an important place to watch. It's not the only important place. Certainly Turkey is important. Israel is important. Saudi Arabia is important. Uh, Germany, Russia, uh, Syria is the battleground where it's all going to start. And I think before you can blink an eye, we're going to see action over there. That's, that's, you can go and read the article by clicking on the the uh, text there in image one, uh, the country and, and, holding and, its own. Yeah, you know, I, I've often said that World War III, and, and I've held this position ever since Libya, that World War III is going to start in Syria, not Iran. It, that doesn't. That's not to say that Iran was not going to have anything to do with it, but but it's going to start in Syria. And, and I think that you've you collect your collective intelligence is uh, substantiating that. Yeah, and look, um, you know, with the Obama administration letting uh, the uh, the Iranians produce, uh, you know, enrich enrich uranium, uh, so they can make a plutonium bomb or weapon of some sort and stockpiling heavy water. They're letting them do that now. It's not 10 years from now. They're doing it now, just under the, you know, the the radar as far as the news is concerned. But they are doing it. And, uh, you know, World Net Daily has picked it up. The Israelis have picked it up, and they're trying to get that out to the, the world press to say, look, you know, what is the U.S. doing? Well, the U.S. is underwriting Iran, thinking that they can be friends with them because they are enemies of their enemy type thing. But Iran is, is in Syria. In Damascus, and the, their whole Middle East uh, intelligence operation under the direction of uh, people like uh, Qasem Soleimani uh, is based there. And you can see why in the Bible uh, they're going to destroy Damascus. Somebody is going to nuke Damascus, and overnight it's going to become a ruinous heap. And, it, you know, it's either God's going to do it with a, a volcanic eruption, because they, they have them in that area, believe it or not, which buries Damascus overnight, or somebody's going to nuke it overnight. And you can see why now when you when you see what they've got there called the glass house. That's image three. Uh, you click on the the image, you can see a blown up picture of what's in the article. If you click the text uh, beneath, 
Um, and that's located right there in Damascus. You can see it on Google Earth from the photos there. It's right near the uh, the, the Damascus airport, just a little bit out you know out of town from the airport, but it is there. And this is you know now becoming public discussion in the news. Uh, I'm sure that our intelligence agents have known about it for probably since they started laying the foundation for the building. But anyway, that area there, as you were saying, Doug, is pregnant with starting World War III. It's just so many countries are, are there. I mean, Turkey's got an interest in it. Russia's got an interest. Syria, you know, Assad has got an interest in it. Iran's got an interest. And the U.S. is uh, probably going to be uh, boots on the ground there in, in great numbers if this continues. Um, yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, area is part of where the giants used to live, where uh, Og lived, the last of the giants. And that's where the angels came down to. Mm-hmm. The fallen ones, you know, the 200 that right. they spoke of in the Jubilees. Consider that, folks. I, I, with that pause, I mean, consider the ramifications or the implications. Hmm. So, anyway, that's that's telling us that we're very close and I've been watching the news, I'm sure you have too about uh, Hillary Clinton, she's um, obviously got an illness of some sort where this life-threatening or uh, would impair her job as president uh, is debatable but um, the rumor is that she's suffered a series of uh, small strokes um, and but those are TIA, those mini strokes? I think so, that's what they're saying but um Whatever it is, she, you know, she, what, for the last 230 days has avoided press conferences, and uh, it's probably because she, you know, can't spend a lot of time in front of the cameras without kind of, you know, going to the bathroom or something to, uh, you know, be ill. And uh, I'm just guessing at that, but I'm wondering if we ought to throw that, uh, that contingency into the mix saying that this might be another reason that Obama suspends the election so that the Democrats can uh, re-caucus and find a replacement for her if she gets too ill. Uh, you don't want a president up there that's blacking out or falling over and, and knocking herself out from strokes and things uh, you know, in the middle of a war. So it might be something we put into the mix in addition to Middle East war. It might be that uh, Obama suspends the elections long enough you know, for him to stay in power. And, and you know it's it, it's I, I had uh, I had mimicked and mocked the uh, um, Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton the the act the which uh, her behavior but you know the, the mocking should be at the facilitators of this uh, of how they're hiding this or trying to hide this or, or looking at this and saying hey everything's fine and if you dare mention this my goodness you're a conspiracy kook. But yes, I mean the 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 ramifications of a Clinton dropout or any type of uh, dropout uh, change of ticket would certainly create a constitutional issue there, and and, and that's what I'm mocking is is the fact that people are are just you know what stand there they're just too brainwashed to understand the truth. I mean anyone who believes this is allergy related, a four minute coughing spell and multiple coughing spells. Um, Really, get your head out of wherever it's at because it, it's it ain't supposed to be there. But you're I right. Know, and, I know. You know yeah. But I don't wish that on anybody. Even though I disagree violently with uh, you know the Clinton uh, philosophy and what they've done in the past, but um, I'm you know she is sick. She's ill from something. You can just tell that. 
they didn't show the last part of the interview where she uh, had to be excused and held back to the, the restroom at the back of the plane. She was coughing so violently. Um, the woman is ill. I'm, I'm just sure of it. Because that, that little phone video did show her being you know, held back to the back. Mm-hmm. One of the things they don't want to put on mainstream news, I'm sure. Yeah, and the Fox News and MSNBC and others cut the feed. And this is... Um you saw they have a timeline. Yeah, she not only had the coughing fit at her rally in Cleveland, but also on the first press conference in 276 days. And this is the, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth time this has happened to her this year, uh, since January. So there's something wrong with her. Speculations from MS to Parkinson's to to lung cancer to something to some other uh, brain injury that uh, she has, and that's why she has that doctor with her, the African American guy who's not a Secret Service agent but stands in the place of one. Oh, I didn't know what his position was. I thought he was Secret Service, but he's a doctor, is he? Well, that's the speculation. Yeah, Um, he was there for. He's a handler of some kind. Yeah, he was there for. Yeah, I'm helping her back there on that. Yeah, and she, he was in the car when she was released from the hospital in 2013 and on the plane uh, yesterday when she had that coughing fit. So he's been around for a lot of the medical issues. Yeah, well, she, what was it, last year when she, or well, a couple of years now, I guess. I mean, remember she tripped and fell down some stairs and hurt herself allegedly and not, you know, and was laid up for a while. That could have started or it could have been a result was- of early signs of whatever this is. Yeah, in 2012, 2013, she had a blood clot, they said. That's uh, right. She wasn't right. seen for six months, and the, there was speculation that there was something much uh, worse going on. But she continues, I mean, people uh, in the media from that Dr. Drew Pensky, he was fired from uh, Headline News for saying uh, he he th- thinks that there's something else wrong with her. Um, NBC was taken to task for reporting on the uh, for criticizing the Clinton cough, and I mean, it's just been she's turned it really into a, an issue, and her behavior has turned it into an issue. And the more people call it out, the more she tries to say that they're conspiracy theorists. But there's obviously something going on with her. Yeah, I know. Well, on a tang- kind of no segue to this at all, but I was just looking at some of my uh, other news articles here that I didn't get to, to put up on the. The show images page. Um, you, we've talked in the past, oh, probably month or so, about the the possible situation in Saudi Arabia where they're actually running out of oil, and that's why they're desperately reorganizing for tourism and various other mineral uh, excavation, like you know, gold and precious metals to to replace uh, their oil that they've been exporting. Um, and with that, even though we see the price of oil is, is uh, down. But the news is now saying that the Israelis are getting offers uh, to be customers buying their oil and gas from a number of countries that used to be solely dependent on the Arab oil supplies. So the rumor, I think, is true. The, the countries that, you know, they need the oil. We, we need the oil. Everybody else needs the oil to, to function in this industrialized world that depends on it. And if they're going to Israel now then to buy their oil, this does tell you that the Arabs are in trouble as far as reserves. Um, and they, there's that old threat that the Arabs had under the table with the Israelis that if 
they started selling their oil from their deep wells that that would be a declaration of war to the Arabs because they'd be pulling oil out of the Arabs' oil fields and the Israelis countered saying, yeah, but our oil is so far down that we're, we're the oil is down and the pressure in the oil wells are pushing the oil up into the areas where you drill uh, in Arabia and therefore you're getting our oil out of our thing which is lower down but pushing it up and you're, you're getting oil out of our field so we have the right to do this now they haven't in Israel they haven't announced the big find yet uh, there's the one in the Golan Heights um, you know the AFEC oil group and uh, we know that's a considerable amount of reserves and then of course they've got the gas fields in the Mediterranean there offshore from, from uh, Haifa and uh, part of what's uh, Lebanese territory um, but I think that they're going to find, as I've said before, oil uh, in the uh, Megiddo Plain area, and I know exactly where it will be if it's if it's going to be found there. And I've talked about that on the show and shown you the geology where the oil from the Afek Group could have crossed over and deposited in huge quantities um, in uh, the north, yeah, the north portion of the uh, the. Jezreel Plain, where the Armageddon battle is going to take place. And that might be the cause for the war occurring there, the last one, at, you know, the, the Armageddon crisis at the end of the tribulation over the oil field. Control of that. I don't think the Chinese will be involved in that to start with, but they'll end up coming over that way to try to pick up the pieces after everybody else in the Arab and European world and whoever's involved in what's going to happen over there is beat themselves to death. It's the old thing, uh, Sang Tzu and uh, the Genghis Khan, they all use that, that uh, concept in war. So the Chinese are going to lay back until we beat ourselves silly and then come in and try to pick up the pieces. There's going to be an awful war there. The, the Bible putting that, that uh, battlefield there, it, it's so correct. All of the geophysical, geological, political, religious reasons that you can look at that are in the press today focus and come to a head right there in that area. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're exactly correct in that. It um, is, and, and for those who haven't gotten their Bibles uh, recently, it'd be worth it for everybody to go back through a lot of the Old Testament prophets and read about exactly what's happening in this region right now, because it is very clear. And, and if I may, I mean, that, that's why we consider you so, so valuable, Stan, is, is looking looking at the not just the earth changes, but the geopolitics of the region and of the world through the prism of biblical prophecy and scripture. You know, anyone, I, I think anyone who doesn't do that today is deficient, whether willfully or unwittingly deficient, and in cheating their listeners, their viewers, their, the people who follow them, out of the most important information ever. And that's why Holly's book, Prophetic Girls, is so important, I believe, Um you give that book to any non-believer and I can't see how a non-believer would remain a non-believer so the witnessing and the bringing and this is and I'm just going to say this one time it's amazing and I'm seeing this form where, where Christians are turning Christians are the only group of people that, that kill their wounded or shoot at their wounded or or turn their guns and swords inward, their weapons inward to criticize other Christians that are trying to take the word and and, and bring people to, to to know the truth. Yet, um, 
Oh, it, it just sad. I don't know that right that's now. true, Doug. Look at look at ISIS or you know the the Islamic State. They're turning their weapons on their own people who have a different viewpoint of their view of, well, of Islam. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you, you make a good point there. I, I guess I can't argue with that. I, I guess I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can I can relate. To, you know, I can relate only as a Christian. I certainly don't have that uh, uh, that that warped mindset of, of ISIS. And, no, and I understand, no. the, you know, however. But but uh, I guess what I'm saying is, is you know, th- thank you for doing what you do. And I think anyone who doesn't look at the current events through uh, the proper lens and context, are, they're really missing out. And I think we need to really uplift one another and help one another. And that's why your, your information is so valuable, I believe. And, and I'll shut up now. Well, thank you for that. Looking at my portion of it here, as, as Holly dives into doing the news every day from now on, I will probably have um, a, a broader scope because she has a lot of places she digs up the news from. Uh, next, we don't have time to do it today, but uh, I'll try to do this next week. Uh, I got a, a nice email from one of your listeners, uh, Abe, and uh, Abe, you know who you are. He's a Christian brother, but uh, he was talking about September the 23rd this year in the, in the Feast of Trumpets and the signs in the heavens, you know, the the revealing of prophecy and timing of it in the, the uh, what do you call it, the, the, the signs, you know, the constellations in the heaven, you know, in Virgo, and uh, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll have a look at that next week. I don't think we have time to do it today, but... Uh, yeah, I received uh, the same email. Yeah, fascinating, by the way. Yeah. Thank did you. you did you cover it at all, or did you just look at it? No. No, I just looked at the email. Yeah, well, Holly asked about it this morning, and I'm, I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe we better have a look at that. Uh, it, it's quite a good argument, and I'm, I'm thanking you for that, Abe. Appreciate it. You know, we, we have a great audience, and thank you, each and every one of you who have sent emails of information. If we don't respond, it doesn't mean we, we, we didn't read it, because we do. Uh, it's just the volume that we get is just tremendous, but thank you. But, yeah, indeed, we, we need that needs some coverage, I believe. You're right. Okay. Well, that's it for me this week, guys. I've I've run to the edge, and you took we are at the edge. Yeah, right to the end of the program. Thank you, Stan, uh, for coming on, and look forward to talking to you again next week. And you planned that. Nice, nice job, sir. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> God bless, and, and tell Holly we said hello, and God bless. Well, look at our site tomorrow. The news starts tomorrow. All right, can't wait, folks. Standale.com. Check check bookmarksandale.com I mean in your array of bookmarks that should be mm-hmm. one of the top ones um, what a tremendous job that uh, Holly does in ferreting out the uh, uh, the news that really is important and, and you know we have to and Joe I think I think this is uh, I'll just say it one more time we have to look at what's taking place today through the prism through the lens of biblical scripture and I know I've said that a hundred times tonight or at least it seems that way. But please, folks, understand what's happening. We have to understand what's happening and help others understand what's happening. Absolutely. Um, the rest of the week, the plan for the rest of the week, tomorrow we're going to cover news as well as take your phone calls. And Wednesday is tomorrow. Thursday. Yes. I almost did that, uh, what you said at the beginning. That's right. Thursday, Paul McGuire will be our guest Folks, don't forget, Paul has a radio show each and every day, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. Go to paulmcguire.us for the information on his show and bookmark that. Then download the archive 
uh, it's a great show. And Dr. Ted Brewer will be our guest on Friday. And, and I talked to Ted about he's back, he's off the road, but he's got a lot of information. He, he did a lot of research when he was on the road, folks. It's really important uh, for you to tune in. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been a part of our program, been a part of our lives, and who still is. And you know, we're going to ride this. We're, we're going to ride this storm out with you together, right to the bitter end or the glorious end. God bless each and every one of you. Saddle for battle. 